the best way I describe it is I felt like my entire arm had been set on fire and then someone just took a hammer and started smashing my thumb. Welcome to From the Ground Up, where we talk to reptile keepers and breeders about all things cold-blooded. Sit back and have a beer with us. Well, some of you are driving. If you're driving, keep your hands tended to and enjoy the show. So welcome to From the Ground Up podcast. A few things to get out of the way first. ForCityPythons.com. We still have some animals available as well as t-shirts. And also special thanks goes out to Owen McIntyre of Morelia Python Radio. We were over his place this weekend. So I'm supporting the Rogue Reptile shirt right here. And uh, while I was out at Owen's, these guys, so Jacob in the culture podcast we're going to southeast carpet fest so give me a little uh down low on how your trip went it was uh that was yours that was mine mine was great i, I just know. saw like pictures of you sleeping and stuff jacob had a very good time <laughs> i think everyone knew he had a good time okay i'm not the only one that had a good time sorry i didn't pass out at you know whatever time you guys did yeah, so we, we went out with Billy Hunt of Uwabami Reptiles, um, and me and Billy camped out in the tent together, and Brock ended up sleeping in the car, even though we complained about the tent building process. Dude, I basically built you guys that tent, by the way. He did. I hope you know that. I basically like, this is going to be the best tent ever, and then I wake up in the morning, I'm like, man, where's Jacob? And I'm like, going to the car, not thinking anything <laughs> about it, like get my wallet or something, or brush my teeth, and he's like curled up right there in the front seat, and I'm like, oh. Found so are you guys like the only ones that took them <laughs> up on the tent in the lawn offer oh no there were actually no, it was only us there, and there was like the two Ruiz. there's two other tents that was dallas and amanda though oh really yeah no well there's a few other tents and then like a couple of people bought brought campers and somebody had an rv too so we so weren't the only ones in the i yard. was expecting more people though like i was kind of surprised more people didn't do it because Right. The Bartolini's are like kind of in the middle of nowhere, uh, but sleeping on the on the ground kind of sucked. He had these little mat things that he brought with him. Hey. He's like, "Man, these will be comfortable." And I laid on. I might as well have not been there. I did not say they'd be comfortable. I said it was a cushion, and it was a cushion. A cushion. <laughs> was the weather decent or was it cold out? It was, it was cold. It was, it was cold windy. for a while. It was cold and windy. But uh, after a few drinks, you warmed right up, man. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys make it? I saw a group of people went to go see Eugene Bissett. No, we didn't get to go to that. No, we were at Billy's. We went down to Billy's on Friday and then drove up to Melrose on Saturday. Okay. <clears throat> but we stayed at Billy's place Friday night. That was cool. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, we did a video with him, hung out. Um, and then Saturday morning, we drove up and spent, we got there on what, 3 30? It, no, it was like three because like, oh, that's up. right because the round table started. Yeah, we got out of the car and I'm like walking up to check in, and they're literally like starting that Nido virus round table. And so then Pia was like, "Hey, they said you could record." And I didn't have my camera, so I went back to the car, get my camera and my tripod, set up super quick. Like, yeah, literally get like all my levels and stuff dialed in on the camera, and I'm trying to do it quick because they're all talking, and I'm like, "Crap, crap, crap! This yeah. is gonna suck." And I'm like, <clears throat> this was literally as soon as we got yeah. there. Like we didn't even, I didn't get to, we didn't get to talk to anybody before the the round table started. And then I'm like, like nice to meet everyone. But yeah, pretty yeah. much. Well, like Eric <laughs> came and found me. He was like, hey man. I was like, what's up? And then, yeah, I spoke to Eric for a minute. Uh, 
came and whispered. But I was like, whispered to me. Yeah, I, I was like 20 or 30 feet away from the actual table, and I had my little road mic on my camera, and I was like, this isn't going to pick any of that up. And the wind was like coming at it the whole time. So I was like, this is going to, I'll film it anyways, and maybe it'll come out. But I didn't expect it to. And actually, when I uploaded it, it came out decent. Like, it actually, the, the audio quality was a lot better than I thought it would be. So I was happy with it. Oh, so you're the one who, because um, I saw that going around on Facebook yeah. in a Facebook group. Yeah, I wasn't sure where that was uploaded to. It. I haven't checked it out yet. Yeah, it's on. It's like an hour long. I uploaded it the first time, and that was Sunday night. And then the next day, there was a comment on it. And I went to go check it, and it was only there's only 18 minutes uploaded. So I was like, well, what the hell? Because it's like an hour long. And so then I re-uploaded it. Same thing, 17 minutes. So then I went back into iMovie, re-exported it, and then re-uploaded it. And now the whole thing's there. So yeah. So. definitely worth checking out and when they told us they were doing that i was like well i asked if i could record it because i was like there's going to be a lot of good information here that people are probably going to want to know so i was like if i can record it and y'all are cool with me uploading it i will and Pia gave me the thumbs up like right as we got there so i'm glad i got to do that because there was some good information yeah and it's essentially a bunch of like morelia keepers getting together and talking their experiences or <laughs> well it was as far as the nido goes or just the whole yeah whole thing? Yeah, the, the discussion. The, round table. the discussion was, yeah, because Nido is so, um, it was kind of Nido as a whole, but the, you know, obviously the focus was more so on the Morelia side because that's what it's, you know, affecting, you know, the most at the moment. Um, but it, well, yeah, it was doctors. It was, uh, yeah, they were doctor, Dr. Osiboff, um, <laughs> Dr. Wellahan, he and Cody, and then Steve Tillis was there as well. Uh, he didn't do a whole lot of talking during that, but um, basically they just kind of, it was sort of like a question and answer sort of thing. Um, they talked about, you know, best practices as far as what you need to do. You know, if you get this, if you have snakes and getting, uh, the big thing was the right way to get samples, the right swabs to use and all the kind of detailed stuff that, that people kind of needed to know. But it's worth watching, you know, and I, I got to talk to Pia a good bit. Uh, that night about Nido in general, which was really cool. Um, picked her brain about that a good bit. Um, do you, do you think night. you guys are gonna test your animals at this point? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think I, I think I will. Um, especially because some of the symptoms that they mm -hmm. described, um, you know, something that I think a lot of people struggle with during the winter as uh, python breeders is uh, respiratory infections and um apparently one of those one of the signs almost comes off as everything she described uh, as you know <clears throat> early stages of um nido sound a lot like respiratory infections i think you know everybody struggles with that she even told me she thinks you know roughly 70 percent of collections yeah, that's have what she NIDO told me too well, she said in them. uh about 70 percent of the, the the tests they got in were positive so that's a lot so it's yeah. probably fairly common. I mean, maybe very common. Yeah. Uh, sure. It's just you have animals that are asymptomatic and animals that are symptomatic. And now it's just a matter of finding out what it is exactly that, that makes something asymptomatic or symptomatic. Right. Like, That's I don't want to get, I don't want to get like too deep into it, yeah. but I mean, you need, right. but I mean, the test can be positive, false, positive, false, or, you know, switch around. Right. Right, and that was one thing they, they talked about, too, is don't just get one test and if yeah, it comes back simple. negative, say, cool, I'm good. Like, no. like so If you're quarantining for a minimum of 90 days, they said... Do one once a month. Or yeah, get, get them done uh, on a semi-regular basis while you're in quarantine, and then at some point, you know, within that chain of events, you should be cleared if they're you know, 
everything's coming back good. Yeah. <clears throat> gotcha. <clears throat> so I guess to move on to funner things, I mean, <laughs> auction, I mean, what happened next after the Nido talk? Oh, man, after Nido, um, <laughs> nothing but a trash talking is what it was. Yeah, a lot of trash talking going on. Uh, we played a little cornhole. I brought my cornhole boards and uh, lost. Billy and Justin beat me and uh, me and my, our buddy uh, Ryan Yawn. But uh, that's okay. So, but after that, the the auction was started right away, and uh, that was run by Eric Burke, uh, Mike Casey, Arnold, Mike Arnold, who's on really a Python Radio tonight. Actually, um, Casey Cannon and Eric Chunk. Mm-hmm. I think that was those were the majority of the people actually doing stuff. Um, but the auction was great. <clears throat> it raised a lot of money. Um, so, and I talked to uh, Ian before coming on here, and he said that by the time everything's said and done, we should have maybe been around $24,000 raised. Yeah. Including donations. Yeah, that's ridiculous, man. Like, I give mad props to Ian and, and Pia and uh, Amanda and Dallas Rua and everyone who got that thing together because that was no small undertaking. No, not um, at all. You know, Ian really hammered it home, as, and- as we all know. And all those, <laughs> and all those sponsors out there that are pedicure podcast making yeah. us look bad, man. Silver sponsor, yeah, man. We got that. We got that silver sponsor, man. <laughs> well, like we had Ian come to us, and he's like, you, you know, can you help out in any way? And we don't have anything to donate to auction that was kind of worth anything. Like, there's, I didn't have anything I could donate. Yeah, like, we weren't worth neither of us, you know, as far as, like, Future, animals. future voucher, yeah. Yeah, right. nothing as far as animals go. We, we don't have anything that we, we could just, you know, give up, you know, and we don't have merchandise or anything like that yet, so you know, the best thing we could think of was just to make a donation. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I told yeah. Ian, I was like, we want to help, you know, we, we can't drop, you know, a ton of money, we can't pay for, you know, the tents and everything <laughs> like that, but you know, can we just send you something yeah. as part of the sponsorship? And he's like, yeah, sure. So that's what we did. Nothing crazy, but it's all good. And then he was like, what we could. <laughs> he was making sure, you know, we got spread everything. I was like, dude, like, really, if you, if you want to do that, you can. But like, we just want to help. I yeah. don't know about you, but for me, it was whether our name was on it or not. I was OK. Was oh, yeah, no, definitely. It wasn't it wasn't about having our name on the banner or anything like that <laughs> or getting shout outs. You know, we just wanted to help uh, help really good cause. Oh, and it's funny how, like, the community of podcasters, as far as that was started by Morelia Python Radio, and then yeah. you guys sponsored it, and just the amount of support, like, back and forth through, like, podcasts, mm-hmm. at least in our small niche. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. It's nice to know, though, that there's more kind of cropping up, you know, not just us, and because mm-hmm. we're still pretty young to the whole thing. We haven't even been doing this a year yet, uh, but it's, I think, the reptile community as a whole the way it sort of operates is like even just with animals like somebody sees a really cool like the boiga cyania i have someone sees that and they're like man i really want one of those those look really cool and so that sparks an interest in somebody so then somebody else sees that and that sparks an interest in them and so it kind of snowballs and that's how sort of things start kind of growing and taking off and i think podcasts are no exception you know i think a lot of people think they're a lot harder to do than they really are um and once you get it figured out it's a breeze you know it requires next to no thought that's when the fun starts so yeah hopefully it kind of continues to uh to do that and people to blossom yeah and people want to want to do it and make their own and yeah for sure do it for the hobby yeah absolutely and like just to see it was one for a while and then two and then all of a sudden there's like i feel like there's like five or something you know and they're all 
and no one's exactly the same. So, I mean, you can listen to everyone mm-hmm. in a yeah, week or so. Yeah, you know, everybody kind of has their their style and, you know, their niche, you know, as far as, you know, what they're into and, you know, everybody does different topics and whatnot. So it's uh, it's definitely really cool to, to be a part of it. It's, uh, Dude, it's and how did how did you guys meet, by the way? Well, Tinder. <laughs> is it there's, there's like a friend version of tinder christianmingle.com right? no no <laughs> farmers only farmers only <laughs> that's exactly what it was our yeah. time uh i went on i went i actually went on sasquatch's rs and um i found him I, my mail teddy, order yetis my teddy bear. <laughs> uh no but i actually um i got and now on my i we met on instagram actually and um um, at the time, my page didn't have like a location or anything on it. You know, I, I didn't have that. I was in Beaufort, South Carolina. And um, all of a sudden, I got a follow from a guy named Palmetto Coast Exotics. And I saw the name. I was like, oh, that sounds like it could be from our area. So I clicked on his name and, name, and sure enough, it said Beaufort, South Carolina on it. So for the hip lingo, he slid into my DMs. <laughs> well, I was scrolling. What the kids are saying these days. When I first saw his uh, his page, I was like, "Oh, great, another crusty gecko breed." Oh God, <laughs> that's, that's just great. Yeah, and then uh, then I noticed I was like, "Okay, he's got a green tree python. He's got a bread lie. Like, all right, like maybe I can talk to this guy. It'll be cool." And uh, so I shot him a message. I was like, "Hey, man, like you're in Buford. I'm in Buford. Let's talk." And you know, we started talking. And I actually tried to sell him a couple carpet pythons, and I was trying to move. And uh, that was the first time he came over to look at the snakes. God. And uh, I was sure I was going to get murdered. <laughs> I lived, like at the time, I'm not I, even I kidding. Really he lived in a trailer that if anybody world. saw that, they'd be like, yeah, there's a whole band of meth heads living in <laughs> And so I rolled up at this thing and I'm like, I think this is it. And then I see like a little <laughs> face peek out the window and then it just disappeared. And I didn't see him again for like another like minute or two. I was like, oh shit, he's getting his gun or something. Like, I'm totally about to get me kidnapped and like, then I walk in and it's he's just hanging out. And he's like, "Hey man, <laughs> check out the snakes back here." Yeah, so we talked and yeah, we hit it off right away. Um, and it's and then one day I think we had been we had known each other maybe a month and a half ish, and all of a sudden he messaged me. He's like, "Hey man, uh, do you want to do a podcast?" And I was like, "Sure." Like, I, I never really thought about it, but yeah, sure, let's do it. I had been kicking the idea around for a while, but I was yeah. like, I can't do it by myself. It'll be weird. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to talk about. And you were on the up and up. I think it took me like, it took me like three years to actually do it. Like, I wanted to start a podcast like far before I actually mm-hmm. did it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, my I just sat was, on the idea yeah. for so fucking long. My thing was like, I, I just, I get... I kind of go through these phases where I like really want to do something for the hobby. Like, I don't know what it is, but I want to do something. This was one of those things where I was like, I just want to be involved in the hobby some way or another, like do more. Yeah. So I was like, man, a podcast would be simple. I already know how to use GarageBand. I already have a computer. Like we can get some mics and stuff. And so that's when I was like, me and him had kind of been hanging out a little bit and he seemed pretty cool. Um, And so then I just, we did it. Yeah. And, you know, the cool thing was, like, uh, we were both kind of in a, a spot where we didn't, we were kind of doing this by ourselves, you know. I didn't have any friends that were, you know, into snakes. Uh, Justin didn't hang out with, or he knew, you knew a couple of people that were, yeah, no, just nothing. No one that, like, there was some people that were into boas and stuff like that. And 
I do like boas, but they're not really my my thing thing. Right. Um, and so we we kind of were just both kind of by ourselves at the moment, and you know, in in the hobby, and you know, working towards what we wanted, and then we we met and. You know, we both we now we both push push each other to the to the next level. You know, we both uh, you know encourage each other, and you know we both give each other advice on you know. Talking all the time. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot of trash talk, but it's it's all in all in good fun. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's been. We just we live in a sense. we live in our in the town we live in. It's very small. The hobby is not prevalent, <laughs> at least right. on like. Aside from like just kind of a casual person that has you know maybe one or two things, like, yeah. you know, a beardy or a ball or horns or whatever. And you're more likely to find someone who like you realize they're like not a real reptile person, or someone who says they have like a bearded dragon. Then you go over and you're like, oh no, yeah, yeah. it's in their like, bathtub or some shit. That's, that's whatever, but and that's, like, that's pretty it's much so exactly strange how it is that in this town I somehow find a guy. That likes Morelia, first of all, because I, yeah. I was like, I was sure. I was like, dude, there's never gonna be anybody in this town that does like keeps any of the like is into any of the same stuff I'm yeah, into. Yeah. So yeah. I saw you had Morelia, and you had some other cool stuff. I was like, holy shit! And you didn't even know I was in Buford when you followed me. I had no right, idea. but when you messaged me, I was oh, like, yeah, yeah. oh no way! But <laughs> it's just it was strange because, like I said, the hobby is not big here. Yeah, yeah. So to it, find somebody else that likes pretty much the exact same stuff I do, it's like the stars aligning just right or something. And the the weird thing is, like we've <clears throat> lived in the same area for years. Like Justin grew up here, I grew up here. I spent a little time away in college, and I lived in Texas for a few months. But other than that, you know, I'd lived here, and I've kept snakes, you know, the entire time I was here. And um, but somehow we never never met. You know, maybe at some point our paths crossed, but nothing substantial obviously and it was just kind of funny how it all fell into place and you know i think it's worked out mostly for for the for the best entirely for the best i i, I get kind of sick of you sometimes whatever <laughs> yeah but isn't it crazy how like i don't know when i first started this i didn't know that many people from you know outside of me and then obviously you guys oh, yeah. are, you said you're like just over a year into it or something and mm -hmm. you must know like so many you know more people than you could ever imagine oh my dude, gosh ever, it's man. insane it's, like i was it, i was not involved in the hobby as no. far as like groups and stuff like i've been a lurker in a lot of them for a long mm -hmm. time like i do not really indulge in the uh in the the mingling of people online <laughs> being being on the younger side of you know us you know justin's 28 i'm 23 just turned 23 and through college i didn't keep a lot of snakes and um, when i moved to texas which was right after i graduated you know i got quite a few more that's when i really got into carpet pythons and then i had several when i moved back and you know after that i you know got even deeper into it so i was still fresh into it i didn't know that many people at all in the hobby i messaged i messaged around with a couple people i kind of knew of some certain people talked to a few on facebook but it was nothing serious but once we started the podcast and me and Justin really started to to hit hit it hard as far as social media went, you know, I it's ridiculous how many friends I've made, you know, how many people I know now. And uh, it, it's been really cool. You know, I've, I've become very close friends with you know several people around the United States that I didn't know less than a year ago, you know. 
it, it's definitely been really cool to to watch it you know grow and well that and have messages from people you kind of look up to in the hobby mm-hmm. like oh yeah like man i listen to that thing all the time it's great <laughs> like, jesus really yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah for shit. sure so as far as starting the podcast like did you guys know that you wanted to have guests on in the beginning or was yeah. it just going to be you two or it, well it was i was more so figuring out how to get guests off yeah the way, the way we do it like we have a soundboard we don't have a you know a digital interface or anything like that uh and i happen to come across this one company that makes this cool little cord that basically attaches to one of the channels the headphone input uh and then your phone connects to that and so i can have conversations through the mixer without you know basically a third party machine um and that thing's been a lifesaver like you know i i it was nice having us you know just be us for for a while but then you know it got to a point where i was like we're gonna kind of run out of shit to talk about right so we gotta start getting people on but see i think you know it just being us for what was it eight episodes eight six there was a there was a couple um but i feel like that's what kind of gave us our our base you know after those first eight episodes you know get the awkward ones out of the way those those who did listen yeah yeah you know better than anyone else yeah yeah you you get it the first two were yeah they were awkward but you know once we got comfortable i feel like it gave people you know uh a glance at who we were outside of talking to somebody you know who has a bigger name in the hobbies. You know, I feel like it showed everybody that we were just you know two guys who just basically recorded our conversations that we had every day. Slightly even more awkward too, because me, you, and I didn't really know each other all that well when we started. <laughs> yeah, <either. laughs> we didn't. <laughs> but uh, we got to know each other real quick after you know, a couple episodes, and you know, talking constantly about whatever came up. So. <laughs> what was like or who was your first guest rather and what was that like yeah riley riley Riley. yeah we we started we started soft we started with a buddy yeah i mean because we had already been talking to riley yeah we had been talking to riley for several weeks because i think i think two or three episodes before we had our first guest you know riley um we did a shout out episode of the people that we looked up to. And when we posted it, we shared it on all of our Facebook and Instagrams and we tagged all of the people that we mentioned in it. You know, I, I think I tagged Eric Burke. We both talked about Riley, um, several other people. And so we tagged all of them to get them to go listen to it. And then Riley just messaged us and started this group chat between the three of us. And it's, it's still he's going. Stuck with it's, it's still going. The biggest literally. mistake he's made. The three of us talk, you know, every day now, you know, but we had been talking for several weeks and, you know, then we managed to figure out how to get people on. And so we were just like, hey, you know, you want to record one of these conversations with us? So that was and, the uh, whole point in the beginning, though, was to keep yeah. it casual. Mm-hmm. Because there are some other podcasts out there that are reptile related that I won't name names. You're not yours isn't one of them, but <laughs> there's a few of them. Um, and it's not like NPR or anything either. But like it's kind of just it seems very stupid. <laughs> well, well, just narrow it down to one. Okay, it's one of the chameleon ones. It's one of the chameleon shows. I love that one. And it like when I was oh, first. This God. was a couple years ago, so maybe it's changed. But I listened to it, and it was literally like just a reading of a word document and it was like right in a way it has its charm so it's like i don't want it to be us 
Yeah. I was like, I wanted to be casual. Like, I wanted to be like the same conversations oh, people man. have with their buddies. Just didn't, didn't want it to be scripted. Exactly. You know? Well, I so, mean, like, my brain wouldn't allow me to do all that work right. beforehand. Yeah. Scripted. No, absolutely not. not. Absolutely not. No, I don't. I don't write things when I have to. <laughs> listening to NPR. <laughs> NPR, not NPR. National Public Radio. Not sure. Really if I thought radio. Yeah, and they, let's go with that. <laughs> How many cigars? Have you Old people today? listen to NPR sometimes. Okay. Sorry, it's not Cardi B. <laughs> you guys, do you think I listen to Cardi B? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I don't I listen don't to Cardi either. B either. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> what is well? What is weird is that we are honestly, you know. A lot young, all the people that we look up to, and then even a lot of our mutual friends at this point, I mean, are not 28, 23 years old. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely not. <laughs> so, so, how does it feel like as a fellow young person coming into it? It's, it's, it can be intimidating at times. Uh, it's intimidating sure. to me, dude. Chuck Vogel was at Carpet Fest, and I didn't say a word to him. <laughs> He's like the coffee Alcondro, like, guy. And Luke Myers messaged me. He's like, dude, you got to talk to him. Try and get him on the, you know, the green tree thing. And I was like, uh, I, I can't. Like, nope, I can't. Stranger danger. <laughs> can't do it. Dude, I, yeah, I can relate with that. The, like, the only I'm not, person. I'm not like, on the level. I can't. Yeah. But you, you work your way up, like, eventually. Right. And then, like, I was still at the point where I saw Mark Bell. And I was like, I can't say anything. So he's, <laughs> he's my level right now so so maybe one day we can you could talk to what's his name kurt vogel chuck yeah chuck sorry chuck vogel and i could talk to mark bell who knows but it was cool because Clyde klaus was like hey man like he recognized because we're friends on facebook we never really talk uh and that's the neat thing about the carpet fest thing is you're friends with all these different people on facebook you never talk to them and then you go there and they're like oh yeah i follow you i saw that stupid meme you posted you know last wednesday well, screw you both, because I actually talked to the guy that I look up to the most in the hobby, and it was actually this weekend. So, ah, uh, who Eric? Yeah, Eric. Eric was Eric awesome. Burke. Eric Burke, man, I look up. Eric I looked up so to that guy for so long. Chill, man. And getting to meet him finally was just—he's was so awesome. laid back. He is. Eric's yeah. a great dude. It was love that guy. You know what's? Fun. Yeah, and I I feel the same way about because I obviously listen to NPR for. Right forever before i mean that's one of the roots of i listen to reptile radio and then i listen to them and it was like we need i love their podcast we need more more yeah, podcasts yeah. but but like going to with him and matt minatola to to tinley park it's kind of like wow remember when like i barely yeah. had the courage to talk to these people yeah. now yeah, we're yeah. like like rolling up like, in, a in tinley park world. together yeah and, <laughs> yeah, it's not exactly how that happened, but pretty much. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's it's definitely interesting. Like this was kind of this was the first time I went to something and like people knew me when I showed up, and that was just like a weird feeling. Not voice. like trying to sound like I'm I'm, I'm hot shit or something like that, because I know I'm not. But it was just weird. Walk up, did somebody talk to me like they knew me? I was like no idea who you are like but you know then i read their name tag like i kind of recognize that name but you know it was just it was kind of one of those things you know where people knew me and i didn't know them and it was it was weird you know it wasn't it didn't feel normal to me <laughs> but it was cool nonetheless 
it's weird that I mean, obviously you do a podcast, but I feel like you guys have more of a public face than say, you know, if you were just doing a podcast, so people would actually recognize you. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know. I, I I love Instagram a lot. So yeah, yeah. Clearly, thing. it's very like heavy like on the Justin accounts. side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been trying to get more active on uh, Instagram. I try to post almost every day now. Um, but yeah, so Justin's definitely more into it than I am. It's my jam. I deleted Facebook off my phone. and It's been amazing. So that just gives Ooh. me more time to focus on. You keep bragging about that. I, I saw you posted awesome. memes though. Well, I saw dude. I'm still that on it. Count? Like, dude, you don't even know the half. I'm man. still on it. On <laughs> I can still share from Instagram onto Facebook without having the app on my phone, and then I still have the Pages Manager's app, so it can tell me when something's going on on the pages. I just don't see. You got a cheat code, man. That's right. he, You're still he using it. He literally always has his uh, his uh, laptop open. So at work, and it, his Facebook is up all the time. So it's at work, at work, exactly. So you're I'm not endlessly so scrolling. You're screwing off at work. On and for for anyone who follows him on Instagram, and you're like, what do you do all day? And it seems like you smoke cigars and hang out all day. Yep. Exactly what he does. <laughs> Which Watch sounds cops. amazing. Yeah, it's cops, not fair. It's literally not fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, it's, a, it's my bad. I can't complain. So what made you spin off and do what's the deal with Chondrocast? Uh to make Jake jealous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was another thing. Me and Mark Hager talked about it. Uh it was actually mm-hmm. a couple of episodes back on here. He was in the chat. I was like, man, I'm going to start a Green Tree podcast. He's like, dude, let's do it. So then Mark, uh, I guess he got super busy at work. And he's like, man, I don't think I'm going to be able to do it regularly. And so I was like, all right, well, I got time. I'm going to do it. And now it's just kind of a a little side thing. It's not as cool as THP. I enjoy (laughs) it. I'm I'm on, like, honestly, I've told other people this. It's harder without you there. Like, legitimately, it's super weird not having... Someone else to fill in the awkward silences. Because a lot of those people really recorded. don't talk to you that much. And I know they know way more than me about those things. And so I'm like, this is going to be rough. But the podcast thing is nice because it's also kind of an in to like talk to people and pick their brains about certain things. And you can be like, yeah, it's for everybody. And it is. But, yeah. you know, it's like I can go to, like, I had Brian Fisher on the Conjure cast an episode or two ago. And, uh, it's just I get to talk to these guys that I've been doing a really long time and kind of figure out what it is exactly they do that that makes them so successful at it. And that's kind of the cool thing. And same with this, you know, and, and yeah. THP is like we get to talk to people uh, that are much better at it than us. So. No, yeah. That, learn. Yeah, that's what we do. I mean, there's only people that you could talk to because you have a podcast. Otherwise, I mean. Yeah, for <laughs> who do sure. you get to talk to for two hours? You know, face right. to face anymore. Harlan Wall, Harlan, that's who. That's who you can talk to on the phone for two hours. Conversations with Harlan are fun. Yeah, no, we did it. We had an episode with Harlan. That was that was a lot of fun. That was a good one. Yeah, so it's like you're you're slowly building up uh, with friends and now getting on like other guests and. Is there anything that kind of sticks out to you as far as uh, one of your favorite moments from the show already? Oh, man. Justin getting hammered. I, Billy. <laughs> that, was just, 
<laughs> that one stuck out. I to didn't me. even drink that much. That's the thing. <laughs> is I wasn't even like hammered. I was just feeling good. Wait, so I listened to the first Billy episode. I don't think it's that because he didn't seem drunk. Was there a yeah, second no, one? Was, that was the first second. time I had even talked to Billy, like outside of Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to say that was pretty prim and proper. Yeah. yeah. You know, Round two was a different story. No, yeah. The one we just did one a couple weeks ago because our original guest uh, uh, ended up canceling it. We were like, yo, and we talked to him on a regular basis. And, you know, he told us a while back, he's like, hey, if you ever need somebody, you know, just to chit chat with, you have anybody coming on, you know, feel free to hit me up. So we took him yeah, up it was on it. Like, Ian, Ian was sick that weekend and yeah. he like lost his voice and he was just not feeling good. So we we're like, hey, Billy, like, Oh. You promised. You promised. <laughs> you, you created this. Yeah. You asked for it, buddy. So he came on. Justin started drinking. It was a good time. So. <laughs> but no, I mean, in all seriousness, um, favorite moments on the show. My probably my two favorite episodes were with our more recent one we did with Scott Borden. Uh, that was a really fun episode, and then the one we did with Brandon Wheeler. Um, those are both really fun episodes, and you know, shout out to Brandon Wheeler, repping his shirt, Morelia House. Um, but uh, those were all; those were both really fun episodes. All of them are fun, you know. Some I'm a little bit more talkative than the others, like uh, the the Dark Frog episode we did. I was mostly silent. Um, yeah, I think I don't you can definitely tell when, Frog. like, who sort of set up that episode, mm-hmm. because whoever didn't is the one who probably speaks the less. Oh yeah, at least. <laughs> like that first Billy episode, I was like, "Carpet nerds, do your thing." Yeah, record. <laughs> yeah, and then it was like Harlan's coming on. It was, Harlan was a good mix. Of yeah, both, like Alex with the Dark Frog episode. I was yeah, like, I'm, that, I could keep up in the Dark Frog realm, but yeah. Jack was kind of like, I was playing games on my yeah. phone. I'm not gonna lie, I just threw in the occasional. He's yeah, like, "Which ones oh, are cool, which?" I'm like. Cool. Tinks are the bluish ones. Luke's <laughs> are the yellow and black ones. Aratus are the green and black ones. And I couldn't even remember that. And he was so. like, oh, okay, man. <laughs> so Just wait. In like two years, you'll get randomly interested in dart frogs or something and sell your oh, yeah. They're cool. collection. Is- yeah, no doubt. I know my, uh, anytime I see something kind of new or get to handle something new, I'm like, ah. Crap, now I want it. <laughs> like, you know, like hanging out at Billy's house, we uh, messed with his MacBox Pythons. And uh, as soon as I got one of those in my hand, I was like, oh, I got to have some of these. Like, these are super cool, you know? And, uh, but yeah, I have no doubt that's, that's probably going to happen eventually. <laughs> but. So, Jacob, you're the one who's into scrubs, right? So yeah. You're more scrub and Justin's more green tree. Well, I'm more carpet python than anything. Um, his his collection's a lot more focused than mine. <laughs> yeah, Justin, <laughs> Justin definitely keeps a lot more variety. Um, I'm pretty focused on carpet pythons. I do have a scrub python. Um, working on getting hopefully three more by the end of the year. Um, I'm not I'm not trying to go balls to the wall with those quite yet. Um, I can definitely see myself doing it because they're such an amazing species. Uh, but I'm definitely more focused on um, IJs or West Papuan carpets right now. Erian pies. Um, Erian pies, as Justin likes to call them. <laughs> that just ends the Erian Jaya Papuan debate. I'm like, just call them Erian pies, and no one can say anything. <laughs> or as I like, or as or as uh, people keep telling me, keep reminding me, I said papayan. And uh, that was probably okay. Going back to my, <laughs> my favorite yeah, thing in the that. show is Rot's calling him a for two months and me not saying a word about it. And then thank God Riley decided, uh, like, hey, idiot, like, in my uh, defense, 
And I've explained this before. In your defense, my ass. In my defense. Like, Dude, this guy knew I was wrong the entire but, time. Didn't no. Say anything. I would purposefully, in conversation with him off air, talk about pop wins, thinking maybe at some point it would, it would click and you'd pick it yeah. up. I'd be like, hey, man, what's up with those pop wins you got? And it would just shoot <laughs> right over his head. And I tried it multiple times. And I was like, screw okay, it. Okay, like, look, dude, just... here's the thing. But I didn't want to be that guy because, like, if you let it go <laughs> no. too long, then it's just awkward because they yeah, then you, you realize then you let it go too long. Like you let it go too long. That was the thing. There, it's never too but long. But I didn't want to make you feel bad. I was trying to help. I was trying to help you. So you just because I wasn't going to be like, hey, dude, look like an idiot. It's going to be like, hey, jackass, they're not called the pines. They're pop. Yes, that's exactly what you do. That's exactly. We what didn't you really do. know each other that well. I wasn't going to be like. We knew each other well enough. Okay. You don't let. Uh oh, uh -oh you broke out. You're frozen in uh -oh. time. The man. Wait. Hold on. Wait. Hold on. Wait. Thinking. You need to smoke one of these, dude. You're good. Yeah. No. If you like that, probably can do Nothing there. Well, I'm assuming because of past experiences with this, they can still hear and see us. Probably. No, because that's what happened before. Like, Joe uh, and Melissa have disappeared, and it's still, like, it happened in Pete and Cody's episode. They were still talking, and so everyone's like, I messaged Pete, I was like, whatever you say, we can still hear you and see you, so you're not, like, hot mic. You're not off the air. <laughs> oh. oh, are you back? Oh, there we go. What the fuck? <laughs> On oh, this thing. Zuckerberg is watching now. Oh shit! We can hear it's you. Fucking the we FWC. Um, what? Can you still see? Oh, us? So, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Okay. Can you okay. hear me? Yes, yes. now we can. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, so you're letting him say Aryan papayans or some bullshit in the public domain, just willy nilly like that. Yep. He let me call them papayans. That's fucked up. I, that's I didn't do saying, it on man. purpose. <laughs> I mean, I, I brought it on myself. I'm the idiot who mispronounced it, so I but mean, it's my own fault. But the, now it's the just, best part of that whole thing kind of was Harlan oh getting God. in on it, and Harlan posted pictures of papayas in like his Congress <laughs> and he's like, "Man, these are gonna be popping out seeds any day." <clears throat> oh man! Now Joe's black. Uh oh. Dude, that's a fucking new one. It's I don't know what's happening. It just transformed. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, dude, it just closed and popped up. Like, I don't know what it did on yours. Holy shit. That's exactly what happened. You went black and then you came back up. <laughs> wow. Okay. What the fuck are we talking about? Yeah. So Justin uh, let me call him a stupid name for a long time. And it was, it was embarrassing for a while. But now I just kind of own it. Like, yeah, I'm the guy who called him clients. I don't care. <laughs> You know, so it's and now more people know. Oh yeah, definitely, dude. It, it's a running joke. People literally. I had somebody because I didn't catch it. Yeah, before I had I had somebody comment. Oh, I know. I had somebody on comment on a post literally like yesterday saying uh, on my carpet fest post, and they're like, "Did they have any papayans there?" I was like, ah. <laughs> "Yeah." So I'm that guy, and that's fine. I'll take it. Yeah, I, I feel like it could be worse. So guess what, people? We're yeah. human. How weird yeah. is that? My excuse is I'm, I'm, bl I'm blonde and I was homeschooled my entire life. Yeah, so that's his out for everything. I was homeschooled, man. Yeah, I was homeschooled. I'm blonde. Yeah, it's I basically was given the total slap in the face to every other homeschooled kid in the country. Yeah, well, 
most of them suck for being honest. Well, so I guess that's why you guys never met because you never went to high school. Yeah, like, no, even, 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 even if even I did, did, I would have been out graduated of high like six years yeah. before I did. So, yeah, it was true. So, but yeah, Plus, oh, math. Yeah, math. <laughs> <laughs> math is hard. <laughs> so, that was probably one of my favorite things. But then the other thing, and this is even one of our things, but being invited to come on NPR. Oh my gosh. What? Me, like, we got that invited, was, and I looked at him, and I was like, and how the fuck does that happen? I don't, the, fu- the, funny, the funniest thing about it was literally the day before Eric messaged me, and was like, hey, we want to do a, a, a podcast, like, uh, you know, and have you guys come We want to talk to you, young blood. The day before he messaged me, I messaged Justin, and was like, hey, dude, imagine one day we get asked to be on NPR, RDRR, that would be awesome. Never thinking it would ever happen in a million years. The next day, Eric messaged me about coming on the show, and I I may have peed my pants a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> that was kind of nerve wracking because I was like, Dude, I was, even told him I was like, that was big. Man. We're not that qualified, I don't think, to be on here because mm-hmm. we don't really do anything. Like they have like scientists and stuff come on, yeah. There, and, like people who have been to other places outside of the Bahamas, unlike myself. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm like, you want. Oh, like, okay, okay, like, okay man, y'all like, must really be out of people, but yeah, it was that was pretty nerve wracking. But it's also like the green light as far as like they acknowledge you, you know, because oh, yeah. like you listen to them forever, and then you're like, oh my god, I'm on here, and yeah, it's like wow, Eric Burke actually listens to our show. <laughs> like, is this real life? <laughs> <laughs> We're just whole... gonna sound really silly to fucking Eric and Owen. But... Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I don't. I don't care. <laughs> Eric knows I'm kind of yeah, now, I felt so. the same way. Yeah. I felt the same way. It's crazy, man. It's definitely uh, it makes you it definitely makes you appreciate you know, what what we're what you're doing. You know, especially when you see more and more people message you positively. Um, you know, you have you know this is the second podcast we've been on, and when Justin told me that we that you guys has come on the show, I was stoked. I was like, hey, yes, I want to go on. Like that'd be awesome. You know, and uh, you know, finally, you know doing stuff like this and then more and more people supporting our show it's it's definitely really cool it's been really cool to watch it grow and uh, it's i mean it's come such a long way in such a short period of time that we would have never in a million years thought that it would have it would have taken off as quick as it does and i guess that means we're maybe doing something right yeah and we're by no means like super popular or anything like that but you know we're definitely we're getting more and more you know views every day um so it's it's definitely been it's been super cool to watch it grow um, and we've gotten next to no hate mail. no i don't think we've got i think <laughs> we had one we had one hate comment on one of our videos about our queer music that yeah we some guy was really <laughs> this guy was very upset at the dark frog the dark frog video we did alex's place for his frog oh day thing <laughs> this guy dude this guy went off man it was bad didn't find it Oh, it was funny. That's literally, it's probably, and it was so stupid, you know, it didn't matter, but, you know, the negative comments, we, I don't think we've gotten a single negative comment about the podcast. As far as videos, that was the one, you know, that, uh, the one negative thing we've ever gotten on any of our stuff, which was, you know, which is okay. We know it's going to happen. And this stuff, it cracked me up and I'll, I'll read it to you. (laughs) This is the exact, and I quote, this video was very lame. It's great if all you want is a seizure and listening to queer music. Now I see why you have so few subscribers. I actually thought this was going to be a good dark frog video. What a fucking joke. 
<laughs> I, you know, I dropped the ball on that one, I guess. <laughs> yeah, dude, you so. dude, I was about when you posted the video of uh, our video with Billy, I was about to message you, like, dude, you put some more queer music on there. What the hell, man? <laughs> Sorry, it wasn't Molly Hatcher or Leonard Skinner or whatever weird backyard trailer park stuff you listen to. <laughs> hey, man, don't trash Leonard Skinner. Right? Don't, dude, don't go there. He said from the darkness of his mother's basement where he did not get laid. <laughs> And I was he, just like, whatever. I was like, it must have been good enough for you to actually stop and write a whole paragraph about how terrible it was. Yeah. Like, instead of just watching 30 seconds and be like, man, that music sucks. Exit. <laughs> He's like, no. I'm going to watch the whole thing. I'm going to watch it. the whole 30 minute video and then I'm going to tell you how horrible it was. I, I hope think, he had a seizure. I think I told Carly, who I, I'm sure is in the chat right now, I told Carly, I was like, it, I just, it wasn't up to his Spielbergian. Uh, <laughs> standards hey yeah i mean heterosexual music would go far away it sounds like the next and, time uh, around and, and then i went back and yeah. listened to music because i completely forgot what i used i was like it's just some generic like trap track or something <laughs> on youtube i was like what yeah was like i can't use regular music dude that's how you get in trouble yeah i can't just play yeah slipknot party b it's also it's also hard because you wanna you know you don't want to be another snake video with the like metal intro and stuff yeah, like that too. Yeah, I really I just go yeah, through and I find real. what I like and if it sounds cool I'm like sure. And Justin has a very unique taste in that music, so I mean that in the best way. I uh, guess yeah. I mean I listen to a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, you do. So, <laughs> some of it's good, but. <laughs> Some of it. He listened to it the entire way. I give him props because he let me play whatever I wanted the whole way to Florida. Yeah, I mean, you, you said give me the aux cord, so I gave it to you. I was fully expecting you to revoke that at any point. Oh, trust me, I wanted to. You could have. So you drove and you let him control the music as well? Yeah, that's that's how good of a friend what a guy. I wow. I know. It's, I'm basically, you know, the best friend you can ever have. And it's pretty much just like six hours of Wu-Tang Clan and Tribe Called Quest and it could be worse. I can't tell you how many times I heard I heard the name Old Dirty Bastard in those six hours. <laughs> <laughs> Literally the whole time. I'm like, oh my God. Like this has gotta stop. But yeah, it's it's whatever. I think there's some mob teeth in there too. There's there's a lot of stuff. It's a biggie. You were playing a lot of different I have musical ADD and I get bored easily. Are you the guy who like switches it after like five seconds? Oh my Sometimes gosh, like I hate that guy, man. Not, no, not all the time. No, you're not that bad about that, but I had a buddy when I was little, when I was younger, man, he'd listen to literally half the song every time and switch it, and it drove me insane. It's the worst. I hate that guy, you know. But as far as, like, your stuff, though, do you have you gotten anybody, like, just about the podcast, I guess, specifically, because I'm sure on your YouTube videos, you probably get people talking shit all the time. Yeah. Do you get people who message you about the <laughs> yeah. podcast, and they're like, dude... You suck. You suck, bro. <laughs> yeah, and we've gotten a few things directed to someone who's not here, and, uh, oh, and she, was, she was a little affected by it. And I, oh, I think it was like man. some type of like troll made account no, thing. So stupid. Uh, it's yeah, funny, yeah. like the amount of time somebody will take to, like, literally time that you don't get back. From your life, they will take that out of their day, out of their entire span of their time on this earth, to tell you how much you suck. Real quick, 
Please put your glasses back on. You're freaking me out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> the glare and you stuff, look, dude. You look like a different person. I don't like it. I can't. <laughs> Stranger danger. I can't. I literally, like, this is all blurred. I'm blind to the bat. Yeah. And like Evan mentioned in the chat, someone someone went in on him too <laughs> on YouTube. But I mean, what happens? It's, I don't. You care. know, it comes with the no. territory. And yeah, I there's was always good. There's always going to be somebody that doesn't like what you put when out. When we first it's started just... doing it, I was like, man, I don't want to have to deal with that kind of stuff. Like, I don't. I'm not a confrontational person, so I was like, I really don't feel like hearing that from people. But now I'm just at the point where I'm like, you didn't like it. Don't watch. Too fucking don't. bad. Yeah, that's yeah. our thing. Is like, if you don't like us, then don't. Listen. There's a billion other that's, videos on YouTube you, know, you can go watch about dark frogs, Paul. and it's not like you're getting paid, right? I mean, yeah, we're doing this because we want to do it. You know, it's if you don't like it, I'm sorry. You know, go watch something else. I spent six hours of my time on this video. <laughs> yeah. I literally this. spent all day yesterday just going through photos and video and getting videos together on iMovie just from over the weekend he did man he was hustling. all day while i was here at work he was hustling to get those videos out <laughs> all while getting paid all at work. day at work listen to him kids get a job where you can work while you work <laughs> you actually have to fucking move if you work at a cigar <laughs> shop you actually have to know stuff about tobacco and cigars though. it's not just like jumping rope and grabbing ass it's just you gotta know about it. <laughs> You gotta know about this uh, stuff. Everyone comes oh. in there like, man, this job is so cool. It must be super chill. I'm like, it is, but you also have to kind of know. You have to smoke a few cigars <laughs> well, and learn about them. Yeah, no it's... one's gonna feel bad. God, that's our life, man. <laughs> so, has your collector's mentality, reptile wise, do you collect cigars now too, or? Nope, I just smoke them. He smokes all the time. Don't be so modest. He smokes a lot of cigars. He there are guys. He though. doesn't just smoke cigars. He like he smokes more than a freaking train, man. There's there are guys though. Literally, they just buy cigars. They don't even smoke them, and they they literally just collect them. And I'm like, what's the point? That's like collecting apples from the grocery store. Like, why? I don't know, man. Yeah, it's, I don't I, <laughs> we got guys who come Tell in you. looking for like super rare, like limited stuff that you can't get a hold of, and they're not even gonna smoke it. Why do we keep snakes at home that d- hate us? Like well, scrubs. That's a, that's a living like thing. scrubs. It's not just rolled up leaves in a box. <laughs> no, obviously, I'm just fucking with you. I, I, was, trying to, I was trying to get back on track with yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. The, scrub, the, the snakes, let's get back on snakes. Nobody cares about your stupid scars. Which is hard to do because between the three of us, I don't He's know. It's it's hard to stay on the rails, but oh yeah, for sure. But we like it like that, though. And we tell people like if it goes on tangents, we like that. Like we want yeah. it to be now. We don't want it to be super structured. And so it's just a conversation. Uh, colubrids, Justin. I've seen you just randomly post colubrids every once in a while. I've got a few. Got a few. You got a few. <laughs> so what do you, you got? A couple of pairs of Baird's rats. I do. I have uh, three pairs now. Um, I just picked up another pair of the Loma Alta. They're like Highway 277s um, from Daniel Parker, Sunshine, Sunshine, Sunshine Serpents. Can you speak? Say that five times fast. Sunshine Serpents. Sunshine Serpents. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so like, the stars kind of aligned just right because I he posted them like two days before Carpet Fest. And I was like, well, let me check and see if this guy's actually anywhere near where Billy is because we're going so far into Florida. And Tampa was like, maybe he's on the way there and it just so happened that he's like 45 minutes 
north of Tampa, so we were actually kind of passing that on our way down. So I met up with him and, and grabbed those. Okay, you met up with him. I was driving. I met up with we, him, and we he, met up he drove Miss Daisy down there to meet him. Yeah, and he's like, dude, can we go out of the way? It's only like 45 minutes. I'm like, ah, uh, fine. I like I'm already going five minutes. But then I got him, and he's like, dude, sense. I want some. Yeah. Like I said, anytime, anytime I see something cool, I'm like, oh, man, now I kind of want one. You haven't even waited for any of yours to turn, you know, reddish purple or anything yet, have you? You got all uh, young ones? Um, my, my adult pair, which were sold to me as the Mexican locality, uh, they were sold to me from Mike Troetti. Um, he sold them. He told me they were Mexican localities. I don't know if they actually are or not. They kind of look the part so far, but they do go through a pretty drastic change from the time they're babies to when they're adults. So, um, they're still pretty small for two-year-old snakes because I, I really like to slow grow a lot of my stuff. Um, the other pair... I got those back in at the last Columbia show, which was November. Uh, I have no idea what those are, where they came from. And then I have this pair from, from Dan. Uh, but they're really cool. They're, they're, I think they're severely underrated. Like, there's not enough people keeping them. Uh, I've had a few people message me saying they never even heard of them. Uh, and, I mean, they're they're chiller than some baby corn snakes. Those like, babies. I've never been bit by any other bear. Those like babies he got were just <clears throat> super, super chill, man. Super relaxed and absolutely gorgeous, you know. Um, but yeah, super. yeah. I just yeah. think people don't really know much about them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, as far as keeping, I mean, you keep them pretty standard to what you keep, say, a yeah. corn snake keep or the same way as a corn snake. Um, pretty much exact same care. They're they're super easy. They're very mellow. They can be a little kind of spazzy. They're kind of nervous, but like I said, they've never—I've never had any of mine actually try and bite. I've never had any like strike at me. Like they eat flawlessly every time. They're kind of like the Brettles pythons of of rat snakes. I mean, they, they stay a little smaller. <laughs> they do stay a little smaller. <laughs> In terms of like habitat <laughs> stuff, the, habi- the habitat they occupy actually isn't too far off from from what Brettles experience. I always like. The comparison between a corn snake as far as their range and behaviors and a carpet python are like, I don't know. They're they're so similar, but then again, obviously so very much different. But I feel like yeah. both. I mean, I keep my carpet pythons a lot like I would keep a corn snake pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Same same here. Like the maybe brettles? just a little bit more temperature, but really. Yeah. The, I mean, the brettles like require no thought. And that's one of the nice things about them is like, hey, they get too cool. Guess what? They probably like it. Hey, they get too <laughs> hot. Guess what? They probably like it. Like, well, for a certain amount. Well, yeah. Time. Obviously, don't cook them at like 120 degrees. They're not a year of mastics, but yeah. I'm all about some brettles, brettles and bears and chondros. That's kind of my my jam right now. And then I, I do want to get into the. I do want to get. There you go. The BBC. <laughs> but I have the. I had a pair of boy uh, uh, cyania, which are the green cat snakes. I lost the male. Uh, I still have the female. She's doing great. So at some point, I do want to get a male for her, and I do want to get more into that genus just because they're so cool. And that's another. I really like like the oddball stuff. Um, and I think that's a group that not enough people are really keeping and dealing with. So hopefully that's something I can get more into in the future. But I'm kind of getting to a point, too, where I really just want to focus on chondros as well. And I've kind of gone through periods where I'm like, I'm going to sell everything that isn't green and on a stick. But then I think about it and I see my brettles and I see the bears and I'm like, no. Well, you can't sell the brettles. I that's, can't sell the brettles. That's obvious. Because I also have money for those. 
I have a hard time staying focused on some stuff sometimes. So do you guys share projects though? We do. Yeah, right now, right now our projects are the brettles. Um, I have a female and I sub- I'm going to be supplying a cage for another one of our females that Justin has. I have two males and female and then we have your female. So together we have two pairs. Yeah. And um they're kind of oddball in size. The the young we have a really young male. He's, you know, just a little thing. Then we have two 2016 females, um, and we've both slow, slow grown them quite a bit, and uh, they're about the same size. And we have a monster male, um, and then we're also doing Amazon tree boas together. We have we have 2.1, right? Or I think the one, one we got is 1. a 1. We, we have <laughs> one of them. It looks like a female. I haven't. I don't know yet. My buddy, when I got the male brettles, my buddy who was he's having a baby in a couple months, and he's like, "Hey man, I'm downsizing." And he gave me a choice between the female brettles and the male brettles. And I was like, well, the male brettles can probably breed a lot later in life. So it's probably better to have him on deck rather than an older female and wait four years for my little male to be of size. So I didn't got the male and that was less space for me to have to deal with too. Because this female is a pretty good size. Um, but, and then so it's 2.2 of those. Yeah. Then he threw, he, he threw, threw in an Amazon, Amazon tree that. for free. And I was like, okay. And we also have a, we have a pair of Amazon. We went in on a pair of Amazons from uh, Harlem Wall. Um, actually, we got we got a trio at first, but we lost one. Of them. Yeah, we did get a trio. We did get a female, but she developed a weird, some weird, some weird kink. It was a kink in the, in the neck or something. I have no idea where it came from or what happened, but food would not go past that thing. And I even like tubed her and tried to kind of massage it down. That thing wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. And she ended up rolling on us. So yeah. So, but now yeah, we have. We have a trio of Amazons, and that's all we have right now. Scrub pythons, uh, we're kind of, the way we're going to work a few things is, uh, since he's more into the brettles pythons, I'm more into scrubs, um, we're actually going to go in on, you know, probably several scrubs going forward, um, and then I'm actually going to give him, give Justin my female uh, bread lie to keep with him. And then so he's going to kind of be in charge of the bread lie. I'm going to kind of be in charge of the scrubs and uh, they'll kind of be both be joint projects while he puts his main focus on chondras and I put my main focus on carpets. Right on. So and that's the best part. Is yes. Like, <laughs> he like, like I like carpets. He likes carpets, but he enjoys keeping them more than I do. I like the brettles. He likes the brettles, but I enjoy keeping the brettles more than he does. So we yeah. still have like, we have very similar interests, but we don't keep, the same and, thing as one another and, and we so and it's the same thing with the scrubs he wants to be a part of scrub projects i just don't want to keep them but i want to keep them so it, it works out you know it makes getting those those higher end projects a lot easier you know because scrub pythons aren't cheap by any means you know and neither are amazon trebos but getting you know having a second person to go in on you know a project like that definitely helps you know a lot you know with with stuff <laughs> What are your considerations as far as, uh, say, like localities and stuff like that? Or, I um, mean, obviously, in scrub scrub pythons. but uh, just in general, when you approach your your collections, whether it's carpet pythons or anything else, I mean, do you try to keep it as pure as possible? I definitely uh, try. You know, that's kind of one of the reasons I focused on West Popwing carpets, um, because they're you know the last species of carpet that we can actually get imported. And um, and that sounds like that might actually change soon. Yeah, so that's it's one of those things that we can always we can still get pure blood in with that. And you know, I've 
since I got on the carpets, I've always been more, I've always liked the idea of, you know, keeping things pure. So even when I was keeping more morphs and stuff, um, I, I tried to go as pure as possible. I had a few other side projects, but I ended up selling most of my morphs and focusing on mostly wild type uh, West Poplins. But I also own a few, a few pure morphs of West Poplins being the Granite and Exantix. Um, I have a few other odds and ends stuff, um, but as far as like localities go and, you know, with the scrubs, I definitely try to keep it, you know, pure Southern, Southern, you know, uh, tannin bars are kind of next on my list and, you know, bar next, obviously. Um, so definitely going to keep those as pure as possible and, you know, getting, you know, even further as far as, you know, like Kofi Al bar next, that's one, one project I really want to get into. Somewhere down the road when I can find them, obviously, because scrubs aren't always easy to come across. Um, and then even, you know, uh, on a different species, you know, I've kind of been on a colubrid kick lately. I want to I want to try and get into some. So I'm actually on a list for some Kankakee locality bull snakes. Um, the locality stuff has always interested me um, a lot. You know, I like that kind of thing. Localities and, you know, polygenic traits. You know, that's my main focus on for the West Pop ones. Is a uh, you know breeding for you know dark colors stripes etc cetera, etc cetera. and then you know the locality stuff kind of falls behind that you know I want Brisbane coastals I would like a pair of Palmerston jungles and then you know bull snakes I'm on the list for right now and you know doing all that I can with that but yeah the locality stuff nonetheless the locality stuff definitely interests me a lot yeah and on the other side green tree pythons Justin. Mm-hmm locality or designer man my goal since i got into these things he just wants my, green snakes <laughs> my, my mantras my mantra's been i just want to make cool green snakes like that's it i don't want to keep i don't want to try and keep up with the design i mean i do like the designer stuff don't get me wrong i'm not like super into them i'm not super focused on localities if it's a conjo i like and i think it would go well with another one that i have and i'm you know read them i'm not I'm not super picky i love them all there's no such thing as a lovely green tree I mean, is there something to, I mean, you don't have to keep, you know, a bunch of pairs of things, you know, if a male doesn't work with a female, you can throw a male with a different female or vice versa. Yeah. I mean, is there, I mean, there's some sort of luxury in that, right? Yeah. That could lend you, especially with a species that is hard to breed in the first place. I mean, yeah. And that's the nice thing about them too, is I, I think, and I could be wrong. Some people could tell me I'm full of it, but personally, I don't think conjure people are as obsessive about the locality thing. And I mean, there are a few guys that like, they just focus on locality. So of course, if they're looking to keep artifacts or something like that, or manaquaries, they just want to focus on that. But I feel like a good majority of the conjure guys, like locality isn't nearly as big of a deal unless it's kind of the stuff that's harder to come across. And I hope that at one point there's enough people producing green trees that like it can compete with, you know, the imported animals right, and have enough, right. you know, U.S. captive born and bred great stuff that, you know, people wouldn't have to resort to that from a price. Well, like I was saying a minute ago, um, there's word around the the water cooler that, that Indonesia is going to be closing at some point. But at the same time, I was told by people at Carpet Fest that they've also been saying that off and on over the years. So what I was told is Indonesia could close tomorrow, Indonesia could close in five years. Like nobody knows. So it is kind of getting to a point where if we're going to start doing this stuff, we kind of need to be loading up on, you know, wild caught blood as much as we can. Um, but it is nice to see guys like Justin Wilbanks and Brian Fisher and um, 
Thomas O'Kane and myself who were who were working, you know, Captain Bread Beox are starting to become kind of an in-demand sort of thing. Like so hopefully with more people kind of getting into that, yeah, the demand for for wild caught animals won't be as uh as extreme. Um, but at the same time it is important, especially with like poplins, um, that there are people, you know, that are bringing in fresh blood and that we don't have a situation like with some of the animals like we have from Australia where they've been in the country for a couple of decades and at some point i would think we're going to hit a genetic ceiling unless people are bringing them yeah. in illegally so i don't know it is it's it's a luxury to have them have access to the wild cut stuff but at the same time it is nice to have people that are working on reading that so it's not as much of a, a hot item that, that's kind of why i'm working you know so hard on trying to get you know our all the farmed blood you know that i can you know even f1s you know if i can get you know you know bloodlines from you know that i can trace back to you know indonesia that's that's always good you know I, i'm trying to get as many farmed animals as i can um so just like i've heard that obviously granite to granites you have to outcross does it seem like with even your normal animals i mean outcrossing is more important in poplins or uh, i haven't seen nope. my i've seen some granites that <clears throat> you would think they were jaguars because they twisted and turned so much. So outcrossing with the granites is super important. As far as, you know, the wild type stuff, I feel like the, where the problem is going to come is when people try to push, you know, polygenic traits to, you know, too far, you know, something for a stripe. And so, you know, you keep pushing stripe after stripe after stripe generation after generation after generation eventually yeah you might have an animal that is 100 percent stripe but that animal could have some serious genetic defects you know because of you know inbreeding because it, it's obvious that it happened that it happens because look at the you know some of the granites out there um so and that's the, that's the cool thing about you know uh poplins is they come in so many varieties you know in, in just wild type stuff you know i've got stripes I've got dark colors, I've got mm -hmm. yellows, you know, that you can, you can get all kinds of wild caught blood and then you can, you know, is with stuff still coming in, you're always going to eventually find something that has wild caught blood with the trace that you're looking for, you know? Um, so that's, what's cool about, you know, with them. So that's why I'm trying to get as many as I can to keep that, that bloodline, you know, those blood, pure bloodlines going and, you know, stuff that is, is an outcrop or stuff that isn't inbred, uh, so to say. And a lot of people I've talked to, too, as far as green trees and poplins go, like in the wild, those things aren't hurting. Like those are apparently not a hard, hard animals to find in Papua New Guinea, uh, especially, you know, beox and stuff like that. Like there's a reason a lot of that stuff's being imported and it's because they're just they're like their their population isn't taking a, such a huge hit from pet trade collection that they need to be put on a list or anything like that i feel like anything um, a bigger threat to them is deforestation yeah absolutely things like that um but so yeah definitely you know doing all i can to get as much of that stuff as i can you know right now i've got i've got a pair of imports i've got three f1s and then i've got two more female imports uh coming hopefully at the end of this month um, Damn. So I'm trying to get all I can. Anytime I get, I have, oh, and I have one more male farmed that's uh, breed, hopefully breeding for me this season. Um, I put him with a captive bred girl. You know, that yeah, I can trace her back 
pretty far early 2000s, but after that. So, um, but yeah, throwing more, you know, even if she isn't, I'll never label her as a pure, you know, uh, pop one because, you know, I can only trace her back so far. So, you know, but there's no, no harm in getting more of that, you know, 100% pure farm blood, you know, in her to keep, you know, the outcrossing going. Now so, between, and, yeah, go ahead. Uh, and I was just going to say, and the cool thing, you know, with, with them is she has a partial stripe. He is almost 100% striped. So that right there, you know, those are two animals that are completely unrelated that I can, you know, possibly produce something with stripes. And then, you know, something will come up down the road with more stripes that I can continue to outcross, you know. So, so obviously you mentioned one male that you're breeding this year as far as pop wins go. But how many clutches between the two of you guys? I mean, what do you guys have going this year? I've got three pairs of pop ones going. I have one clutch on the ground now um, that's cooking and I'm expecting, I'm expecting at least one more. Um, and that was actually a 50% IJ Jag bred to um, a pop win. And then I have one more of that pair. I just told you about um, the farm to the captain bred uh, West pop one as well. And that's really all I have going this year. This is kind of my last year. I attempted a pair, um, but they didn't go because of my living situation. My temperatures were all wonky. I couldn't control the temps in my trailer well at all. So I, I kind of bailed on that because it was so bad. <laughs> the trailer it wouldn't go because of all the meth fumes. No, the, <laughs> trailer, the, meth trailer. the trailer was really old. It was and, very old. And the, the walls are not insulated well at all. So during the winter, even with the heat running on blast, it was cold as all get out. And then, so, it, you know, in South Carolina, we'll go through periods of where it's like 40 degrees one day. So my temperatures will drop. And then all of a sudden, you know, two days later, it'll jump up to 80. And then, so the, the, I could just couldn't keep a proper cycle. So I had them together for like a week and I said, man, screw it. I'm not going to, no, I'm not going to bother with it. And so this season, I was in a better living situation. I could control what I had. And it being my first real season, putting in a lot of effort into it, um, I didn't want to overdo it, kind of. I could, I probably could have put five or six pairs together this year. But, you know, I decided to start small, start with the three that I, I thought were, you know, definitely ready and, uh, you know, see what can happen. And so far, I've got one on the ground. Um, we'll see if I can get two more. Is that your first carpet clutch? Yeah, this is my first clutch of anything. Holy shit. Yeah, it was, I've never produced snakes before. Um, so it was definitely, a, it was a very awesome moment for me when, because I wasn't, I honestly wasn't expecting her to lay yet because I knew she was or gravid, but I was waiting for a pre lay shed. But she either, gave me she either didn't give me a post ovulation shed or she gave me a pre-lay shed like a month to a month and a half before she laid so i kind of wasn't expecting eggs so when i opened her tub and saw her sitting on a bunch of eggs you know i kind of freaked out a little bit and threw something together to get them on uh get them on my incub on an incubator um, so it was it was definitely a big moment for me finally getting you know because i've been working towards this for I've probably been wanting to, I've been wanting to produce snakes for the last 10 years or so, but haven't been able to because of school and because I couldn't put that much time and money into it in college. And then I was moving around a little bit. So when I finally settled down, 
put more time and effort into it, you know, it was, it was definitely a huge accomplishment for me. Um, and even more so that it was a clutch of, you know, something that I'm extremely passionate about, you know, being the, the IJs or West Poplins, whatever, whatever anybody wants to call them. Um, you know, that because it was a clutch from them, it was, it, it made it even more, you know, awesome. So dude, isn't it the first time incubating? Is it nerve wracking? Oh man. Huh. Is it? Yeah, especially because of the situation <laughs> that we had to go through to uh get them in an incubator because originally I was gonna let them maternally incubate. All all three females I was gonna let them maternally incubate, but for starters, because I wasn't prepared for her to lay yet, I actually didn't have a nest set up for her yet. Even though I was working on it, like I was gonna do it that weekend and she laid like the night before I was gonna go make her nest and you know, it worked out fine because she actually ended up pushing almost all of the eggs to the side. And so I just decided to pull the whole clutch. And the problem is I didn't have my incubator set up. And if she did bail on the eggs, I was actually going to use Justin's incubator. You know, I talked to a few people and he said, and he lives like maybe five to five to eight, not minutes, even 10 minutes, not even 10 minutes up the road from me. So I was like, okay, I can get the car hot. I can transport the eggs and they'll be fine. But because I wasn't ready, I didn't have an egg box set up. I didn't, I had nothing. I was not prepared at all. So I kind of, kind of went panic mode and it was like 1030 at night. No, it was 11 because I had just got to bed, turned off the lights and was about to go to bed. <laughs> and this fool called me and said, bro, I need you to come over here right now and bring your egg box. Stuff. I was like, all right. So I did it. It's 11 o'clock at night. Justin came in. You know, like a like a true G came in clutch. Came in so clutch, man. We threw an egg box together, pulled the eggs, uh, got everything ready, and we candled all of them. Help my boy. She gave me nine eggs. One of them is not looking. One of them. One of them's not. You don't think so? Hmm. Well, no, that thing's she gave me nine eggs that looked <laughs> that looked good. Apparently, I monitor them for them too. I check them all the time. I don't send a pictures or anything. No. Are you like, just as excited dead. or more excited at this point? I'm excited because I, I'll get to see them hatch, and I'll just tell him they're not hatching. Like they're Dude, I will literally, I will destroy <laughs> you. We will, not, we will not be friends anymore if you didn't call me when my eggs are hatching. I will take off of work to go see my eggs hatch. But the nice thing is with my job, I don't have to be in until 10. So if I'm up yeah. till 11 out doing stuff, I can actually sleep in a little bit. I'm like you who has to get up. At oh yeah. I was, I was late. 30. I was late for work that the next morning <laughs> because, you? Oh dude, I was, I was super late. We, uh, cause we were up till almost what midnight dealing with all that because I drove, I had to drive to his house with the eggs and my roommate rode with me and held the box for me. So we went to his house, got Shout everything set up. Yeah. My buddy Ty. Um, and so by the time I got back to my house, it was like midnight or past. And of course I was so excited. I could go to sleep right away, you know, and, and I have to be up at five 30 every single day to be to work at six 30. So it, I was a little late for work. I don't, I woke up at seven. So, but, uh, yeah, nonetheless, it was, it was a really cool, you know, experience. And, you know, it was definitely really, really exciting. So. Is there anything else that you guys are pairing up? I paired up my uh, my adult green trees. I'm actually the female was in the lay box this morning, so there good. There's a good chance that I have eggs when I get home. We'll see. Did you see an ovulation or anything? Yeah, and the oh, funny yeah. thing about that was, is I actually thought that her ovulation was follicular development, 
because it wasn't as extreme as a lot of the pictures Dude, you see with Condros. Well, looking man. back on it now, I was like, yeah, I was not going to be on me a, You sent me a picture, and I was like, "Dude, she's well, the massive. Angle, the angle like, made her look kind of bigger than she was. Follicles, you know, I feel like you can see follicles to an extent, but sometimes they're not as prominent in certain yeah. in other animals, you know. But you know, I feel like most of the time they're not visibly as much as right, yeah. and that's what that's what I was getting at. And he sent me this picture, and she looked like she ate a huge rat, and he's like, "Oh, it's blue." <laughs> well, and I'm like, "No, it's not, well, dude." After I had no Brian, way. I had Brian Fisher on the Condro cast. Ooh. Shameless plug, Ooh. Uh, and I was like. I was telling him about her after the show, and he was like, well, when's the last time she ate? And I was like, I don't know, beginning of December, and then she's refused like three meals since. And I was like, and then I think she developed follicles, and I sent the picture, because she went into a shed cycle, and I was like, they don't have pre-ovulation sheds. Like, I remember reading that. Like, they don't have those, right? And he was like, well, you have any pictures? And I sent it to him, and he was like, dude, that was an ovulation. Like, this is a pre shed. Like, get your shit ready. I was like, okay. So I did that. And then, like I said, this morning, she was in the box. She's been cruising every night for the last, I don't know, week or so. Um, so hopefully, like I said, when I get home, there's eggs waiting for me. If not, it might be in the morning. We'll see. Now, because I'm the better <laughs> friend here, I am just as excited for him to get these green tree pythons. I'm excited about your pop ones, man. Oh, please. You can He's also watching your eggs for you. It's yeah, yeah what, what you is. say, motherfucker. He is, but he, he doesn't care. He doesn't Put some care bleach in the stage. water in the egg box. <laughs> Make them real white. Make them albino babies. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, yeah, he's like, yeah, we'll put some food coloring in the water. That'll make them like a cool morph, right? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's definitely how that works. Easter eggs. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's definitely a really exciting time because, you know, this this has been a dream of mine for, you know, like I said, the better part of 10 years. And, you know, Justin's been super in the Condras for a long time now. And, you know, us being, us being able to kind of, go through this you know as a team you know and help each other out hand in it's hand been, it's been amazing you know okay like you gotta hold, hold hands now for the no, I, I don't want to worry okay. you're so weak <laughs> couldn't even break okay i'm gonna go now uh, <laughs> but uh, your green tree wise i mean aren't you the eggs on that i mean are those gonna be your first snake i know you passed out uh crested geckos in the past or uh me and my dad bred corns when i was a kid back in like between like 2003 and 2004 back in 1960 yeah back in my day <laughs> uh so i mean I, i'm i'm familiar with the process overall obviously with condors it's a bit more complicated than corn snakes um but yeah i bred cresteds and i had gargoyles i tried to pair something that never happened so whatever um but i did breed crescents for probably two-ish years two or two and a half uh, and so got out of that recently so so obviously eggs are kind of on the different end of the spectrum as far as crested eggs chondro eggs yes oh man crested eggs like it put if it, you get it into this, crested put, put it this way to make an egg hatch justin would tickle them he would rub them and tickle them a little bit, and uh, they literally did the craziest thing. He thought I was full we of shit. Were, we were, I was at his house, it would be like and, day 90, uh, and I'd I was, be like, Watch, like, I'm, I'm gonna tickle this thing, I'm gonna put it down, but yeah, I come back in 20 minutes, and there's gonna be a baby. Here. He was literally, we're in there, and he, he's like, Yeah, he's just holding this egg, just like twisting it around. I wasn't, you just take it, and, and, and he's just like, he's like Dude, this egg's gonna hatch any day now. I was like, Yeah, okay, that's cool. And he's like, Watch, and he's like, I'm gonna tickle it, and it'll, it'll hatch soon. 
I was like, dude, the bullshit. And like, there's no way. Like, hey, look. It's like, there's no way that thing's going to hatch because you tickled it. And I left the next morning. He's like, I told you. He sent me a picture of a baby. And I was like, you got to be Every time, man. Me, man. Every time. Like, they get to, like, that 90-day mark. Go ahead and try that with the contrast. Tickle them. They go, ahead, pop. Yeah. go ahead and try that with the contrast. See how that goes. That's how you get them to eat, man. You tickle, them. <laughs> yeah, you tickle, them. tickle them a little bit. But if you if you ever breed cresteds, like you you'll understand why there's so many people doing it, and it's because it requires literally like no thought. Yeah, you don't even have to like you don't even have to incubate them. Like you literally incubate them at room temperature, wait ninety days, and babies appear. And then you breed them once, and a female will lay a clutch of two one to two eggs, usually two, um, every month for like six to eight months. It's like a chicken. Pretty much. <laughs> I I had some, but I was probably like probably too long ago to know is it wrong to keep them in a colony? Like I just kept them like three to one. No, and I never they would just they would just lay eggs. The only <laughs> time the only time I kept any of mine together was if I had a really shy male who was like scared of the female for whatever reason. So, so I'm a piece of shit though for keeping them together. <laughs> Let's just get the record Basically, straight. No, yeah. That's if what he's saying. I'm not against it. If the tub and the, the, the tank is big enough to where they can get away from each other, go for it. People do. I'm I just asking for a friend, man. Just asking. <laughs> yeah. Any tips? Some, some people do it. I, I never did. Because anytime I paired mine, I would just put the male in with the female. And then I would I wanted to actually see them locked. So that way I could say, okay, in a month, this is when I should be expecting eggs. Nasty. But I never kept them together. I would, like I said, I would keep shy males in with females and leave them together maybe a night or two at a time and then separate them and then reintroduce them. Uh, but I never kept any together full time. Because if you ever seen crested geckos get it on, it's actually kind of brutal. Like I felt bad for the female a lot of the time because she was not into it. In That's why so many adult females who have been bred don't have tails. Like there's. Mine never dropped a tail from breeding them. From breeding? Really? Nope. They know. Like they know when it's a male. Yeah, and they know when it's someone like something trying to literally eat them. What is male... weird is like how different <clears throat> say a lizard's breeding can be, and like a king snake is pretty rough. Bull snakes <laughs> can be kind kind of rough, and then you get to your pythons, and kind of the females are bigger, and the females are in charge, and the males kind of spurring her and trying yeah. to do his thing. Yeah, so when I put my male green tree in with my female, which was back in June, I just kept them together full time for the last, uh, like nine months um as soon as i put him in there that same night man he just made a feline for her and i could tell she was like she was trying to get away from him she'd go to one end of the cage and he'd follow her she'd go back to the other end of the cage he'd be right there on top of her like i felt kind of bad for her because he literally wouldn't leave her alone and finally i think she was just like all right dude clearly you're not going anywhere so yeah it's they've pretty been, funny they've been together for a while yeah man. but that's yeah what i was told was pair them until you get eggs so yeah, that's exactly when I've told chondro breeders, you know, what's the cycle, all this stuff, and they seem to pair them until you get eggs. Yeah. Hey, it's been a long wait. Whatever works, man. It's kind of funny how it happened, you know, pretty much at the same time that I, I, mm -hmm. I got mine. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, what was that, that pairing? I don't know if you mentioned, like, the details on the pairing of what you're expecting eggs from. Oh, mine was just a Bioc type to Bioc type. I don't have any background information on them. Um, the male was definitely an import, probably when he was a little older. Female, uh, my buddy who I got her 
Crum had her for when she he got her when she was small, so she's been in captivity for almost her entire life. Um, and the male, his name is Problem Child. <laughs> He's ass <laughs> because a he hates everything with a pulse. Um, he won't eat frozen thawed. I've tried fro- trying to get him to eat frozen thawed for like two years now. He won't do it. He'll eat. He'll snatch up live stuff in a heartbeat. Like it'll be gone. I'll leave the room, come back five minutes later, it's gone. Um, Justin, he, Justin yeah. can't watch the, the live rodents get. No, I'm just I'm too busy. I got stuff to do, so I I put it in there. I'm not making funny because I can't. I'll tell you that I hate. Uh, I, hate I, I hate just that. I just fed off my first um mouse that I actually bred myself. Oh, it was man. like it was my own. My own baby that I brought to its death. <laughs> I brought you into this world. Now I'm going to take you out of yeah. it. And of course, you know it can't be a female, so I got to sacrifice this young male. Yeah, yeah. No. And, and then the first one, the ball python didn't eat it. And then I'm like, man, I wish you went the first time. Sorry to put you through that. Here you go to the next yeah. one. Yeah. And, and that was it, man. That was Jeez. it. Gone. I've been. I've been super lucky as far as snakes go with the whole frozen thaw versus live thing. I've been keeping snakes since I was, I want to say 13 or 14. So I've been going on 10 years or so, and I've only fed live one time. And it was to, and I've kept, I've kept quite a few animals and it was to a farm hatched, a little tiny baby West pop one that I got in. Uh, wouldn't eat frozen. Um, interested, but wouldn't eat it. It took a live fuzzy, and then it ate frozen. Thought every single time after that. Other than that, I've never dealt with live live rodents. Very good. Yeah, I think that's very understated when it comes to a lot of the Moralia, whether it's green trees, carpets, all yeah. that. They typically eat at least. Yeah, that's and that was. If I'm being completely honest, that was kind of one of them because when I first got into you know, snakes and stuff. I was into corn snakes and uh, ball pythons. And um, corn snakes just, you know, I, I discovered carpet pythons is what happened to the corn snakes. Um, but with the ball python, I had, um, it went off food for a long time. You know how males will go go through that, that maturity period where, you know, they'll go off food for six months or something, you know, longer. Mine didn't touch a single meal for a year and a half. Didn't eat, eat a single thing. I did a bunch of reading on it. Also, one day it started eating frozen thought again. You know, no problem. But I looked into it a lot and looked and did a lot more research on a ball python's feeding habit. And you know, I read you know a lot of people saying that, you know getting them um, on the frozen thought was difficult. You know, you feed them live a lot. And obviously, not impossible. You know, but that was kind of the one thing that turned me off to them. It's like ah, I don't really want to deal with live rodents all the time if I'm going to be producing these. And um, so, and then carpets walked into my life, and it was all, it was all downhill in the, from there. So, <laughs> but. And how did you, I guess, Justin, we didn't cover how you got switched over from, from cresses to snakes. What made you come? His, kind his, of... ball, his balls dropped. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's what I meant. Yeah. My, you know, so when did my, you my Adam's you? apple showed up. My voice got deeper. Balls hit my knees. He said, "These crested geckos suck." <laughs> no, I've always been a snake guy. Honestly, I've never been much of a lizard guy. Um, a couple years ago, I sold off my collection entirely and took a break from the hobby for a year, which was actually probably one of the best things I've ever done. 
um because i came back you know ready and way more into it than came i was before. i don't want to fresh and perky i don't want to be like oprah but kind of what were your thoughts kind of reflecting on that year it was nice it was a nice change you know i'd kind of gotten burned out on it um and it was i could tell it was just kind of time to take a break i was also in like a pretty pretty shitty relationship at the time too that it kind of ended um so it, i sold everything off i kept like one of my tarantulas and that was it and then i came back i had a friend who locally who got into cresteds um and she had an extra baby that someone had sent her as a freebie and i i got hooked on them and then i ended up with a female and then i found a male bred those and then i just it snowballed from there um but i've always been a snake guy at heart that's i've, I've kept pretty few lizards over the years um says the guy who had 50 geckos when i met him <laughs> but of course i got my hands on the first green tree which is problem child um which was two years ago i haven't been keeping condos that long in the grand scheme of things so i you know when it comes to the condo cast and some of the other stuff I, I claim not to be an expert like at all you know i send people to guys who've been doing a lot longer than me uh i still answer questions that people have and stuff but i pretty much get, make a disclaimer of like this is how i do it this is no way like the gospel so definitely get second opinions but um yeah i got the chondro and then i got the female uh and then it just expanded from there i got more and more of them and of course got into the brettles and got into the bears and <clears throat> sold off all the geckos last year uh they were never really part of the long-term plan uh, but they were a really good sort of stepping stone in terms of like the business side of things and sort of getting a rapport with, with people and customers and getting decent reviews and, you know, kind of making a, a name for myself in a sense with, with it in general. Um, but they were fun. I'm glad I did them. Uh, but now I'm focused on snakes entirely. So. Right on. And as far as the podcast go, where do you guys see it? going as far as uh you mentioned it's the herpeticulture podcast so you want to cover a bunch of things but uh what kind of guests are you trying to get on in the future and what are you guys doing man i've got stuff lined up i don't even think he knows about probably not <laughs> honestly you're gonna tell me about a lot of things i'm um, just like oh hey by the way we're having so-and-so on and i'm like oh, okay i make it easy for you i make a few i make it super easy i get you know I suggest other people that I know, you know, like, uh, you know, coming up, we're going to have David Beans on to do another Scrub Python episode. Um, we're going to try and go through the kind of the ins and outs of breeding those. And then, you know, Lord knows what else, man. Ian's coming on this week to hopefully. talk about Carpet Fest yeah. a little bit. Hopefully, yes. Uh, talk about Carpet Fest, the end results and all that good stuff. And then we're planning on having David and from there, I just like I said, yeah. All when we made it the herpeticulture podcast, I was like, we can't really call it that and just focus on snakes. I mean, yeah. we could if we wanted to, but you know, there's stuff that I do have interest in that I don't keep, like the Europlatus geckos. We're supposed to talk to somebody about oh, coming man. on doing those. Oh cool, yeah. Uh, Diamondback terrapins. I found someone who keeps those on a pretty decent sized scale. We both like those because that's a native species. That's probably my Diamondback favorite terrapins. native turtle. They're cool. Yeah. I've got um, I've got a selfie with one that I caught at a I used to work on a plantation. I caught I would catch uh, these diamondback snapping turtles in uh, my traps all the time, and I had I picked one up and took a selfie with it. <laughs> I like to take selfies with the animals that I find. The first hogmas snake I ever found in the wild, that I also took a selfie with that. Yeah, just I, whatever we find <laughs> interesting, really. I mean, I'm, yeah. 
we we kind of also started it with no preconceived notions of like okay this is where we want this to go and then yeah. you know two years like it's pretty much we're flying blind like wherever it takes us is where it takes us and yeah we're i i'm not nice. i wouldn't say it's that not really we, have a plan yeah and i wouldn't say we don't have goals you know we definitely want to keep pushing it keep growing it but you know if you ask us, you know, where do you think you're going to be in, you know, five to 10 years? I, I couldn't even give you an idea, you know, um, it, it could plummet. I sure hope it doesn't. And I sure hope we're doing it in five to 10 years, but, you know, you never know. Um, so. But it's like, and it, it's gone so far in one year that you never really imagine it to exactly. you know, go in the first place that so you never know, dude. Yeah, that's that's the thing, you know, with this, it's it the sky's the limit, you know. It, it sounds cliche, but it's true, you know. We're gonna push this as as far as we can, you know, and as much as we can. You know, we Justin and I talk every single day about, you know, stuff we wanna do, you know, places we wanna go, the domestic partnership. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the things the things that we wanna do moving forward. <clears throat> um, there's we've got we've got a lot of cool stuff you know, hopefully coming in the coming years. So, and you we, got- wanted, we wanted to be yeah. a, you know, the, the overall goal too, was we wanted to be a, a, you know, a resource for the hobby, just like with the Condro cast, you know, I wanted to be a resource for people to go back and, and listen to, you know, the best of the best and whatever corner of the, the hobby, you know, we, we kind of touch on, but it, we, you know, we don't do it for us. We do it. Like I said, I, a lot of the stuff I do for the hobby, I do for the hobby. You know, I'm not, I'm, I, I despise ego. Um, you know, I'm really not all about all the dick swinging and stuff. And, uh, you know, oh, I, you know, I breed chondros. I have, you know, very expensive animals. That means I'm important and, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, the bigger snakes, venomous stuff too. You know, there's just, there's so much dick swinging that goes on in the hobby. I don't want to be a part of that. I just, I want to help it as much as I can. And that was kind of the basis of this. And the chondro cast too was, you know, I want to talk about chondros all the time. You can ask him. I don't shut up about it. So I was like, well, I'm going to start a podcast where I can do that and not have to hear you. And I did it. But Well, you missed me on your show. So it's all we, hope, we hope it's helpful to people. And we hope yeah. that even if there's nothing, you know, even if it's an episode where I drink too much and things get <laughs> kind of unhinged. If you, even if you listen to that episode, we still talked about We made some really good points and had some great discussion I'll along honest, with I it. Yeah, you probably don't. Um, but, yeah, but some it, people don't hold accountable all the things I've said on my podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. But it, yeah. Even if it's not the most formal, uh, informative episode, you know, we, we hope that it's to, we still want it to be. We fine. hope it's at least a break from the daily, you know, you know the daily bullshit, and yeah. that it's you know, it, it, it's entertainment at least. Yeah, you know? yeah, it doesn't have to be a TED talk as long as right, like, snake right. guys having fun and it feels like you're just hanging out and yeah, you know, and, people enjoy it either way. And people definitely, if you listen to our show, you know, it, it's pretty obvious Justin and I bicker, you know, quite a bit. You know, we butt heads all the time. Just <laughs> out of good fun. It was funny uh, at Carpet Fest. I think it was Scott and Eric who made a comment. Uh, Eric, he's like, it's, it's so it's, weird it's seeing this on the seeing, outside. Yeah, seeing this like in person, you know, because at Carpet Fest, it doesn't change. Justin and I are literally the same when we text, when we hang out, when we're on the podcast, when we're around people. It literally never changes, and uh, I think it's a cool aspect to our our friendship. But uh, it's it definitely makes for you know, we don't take ourselves too seriously. No. This is what I'm getting. Yeah. If that wasn't obvious, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Because at the end of the day, you know, and especially with like I said, with venomous stuff and some of the some of the chondro community, like 
people take it super seriously. I mean, the venomous stuff you should take seriously, like without a doubt. But obviously, it's not a joke. It's like kind of like the I kind of it's what's the best way to wear this without sounding like a complete ass. Um, you are a complete ass. That's your opinion. But sort of like the people that keep tigers and stuff. Like they sort of feel like they have some sort of like control over this animal. But at any point in time, if it wanted to completely fuck you up, it could. I hate when I see people acting like they're cuddling with a retic or something like that, you know, and anthropomorphizing an animal with such potential, whether it's oh my gosh, man. free handling gaboons and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like you realize the only reason you're not bit is because that thing currently doesn't feel like doing that to you, but at any point in time, that switch could flip. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that kidneys could just yeah. <laughs> but at any point in time that thing could just completely be done with you and absolutely mess you up and, and, so, and that's that's one point i make with you know, people who come to me about retakes you know i'm very open with my opinion about keeping retakes you know i'm not against people keeping them at all but i there's a lot of you know if i were to ever own one i would have a very very you know specific way of handling housing you know all and that's why i don't keep retics you know and um but that's when people tell me i'm like that animal if you don't handle it properly like say you let it around your neck like so many people do let it drape and this is you know a 15 foot retic you know if for whatever reason something happens that animal gets scared it tenses up you know it could crush your windpipe without even trying you know and not you're not even trying to kill you you know if it's around your neck and something happens and it squeezes there's nothing you can do about that you know if, if you're not, alone yeah if you're alone you know and even then if somebody's there it's not going to be easy it's it's just kind of one of those things you know it's not it's not something to take lightly you know i look at keeping big snakes like retakes burmese pythons anacondas a lot similar to uh, working with venomous snakes it's you know and even a bite from something that big the teeth alone could sever an artery and that you might as well Ligaments. be bit by a by may as well have been bit by a venomous snake at that point you know it's you know and all animals have their bad days you know there could be a time you smell like rats or mice so you reach in there and they nail you on the arm you know and it's yeah I, i'm very opinionated about that whole topic but yeah i'm not gonna get too deep into it and I mean, you have some scrubs that will get pretty large, but I mean, I, that's a very hands-off animal, I'm, I'm guessing, in your... Yeah, it's, you know, I definitely know, am aware of, you know, the size scrubs can get. Um, Dude, his is small, and that thing knows no fear. It, it does. <laughs> it, I've never seen a snake that, that like, animal, you open the tub, and he's just, like, coming, he's, he's he'll like, co he comes at all you. of, like, what, this long? Yeah, he's actually I mean, pretty long. Yeah, but still, he's, 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 he's small, but he comes right out of that eye, uh, and he's like, he's very, go, man. He's really, he's really curious, and he'll he'll bow right up to you. He's like, go ahead, reach in here, you know. And I definitely, you know, with scrub pythons, it, they're definitely an animal I respect, you know. Um, but, you know, and that's why I'm kind of waiting to work with um, some of the barnecks, because barnecks get, you know, they, they can get pretty beefy, you know. As far as the southerns go, your average, your average is bigger than a carpet, but it's not unmanageable you know what i mean um, even though extremely powerful extremely intelligent animals it's and even with them being on the smaller side i'm probably almost always going to handle them with justin around or somebody around in case something goes south they don't even have to know snakes just in case for whatever reason one gets around my neck bad bite something like that i have an extra person there because you know i'm aware of the 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 dangers with you know working with a species like that you know especially scrubs again having very very large teeth um 
you know, it, it's just, they're all safety precautions. I don't care how much you trust an animal, you know, every, every animal, every person has a bad day, you know, and it could never happen, but you know, you could catch that animal at the wrong time. You know, again, you could make a, make a bad move. You could smell like rodents. And things could, things could go bad quick, you know? Um, but. Yeah. So what are kind of, um, are there any animals that you guys don't have at the moment that you would like to add in the future? I'm definitely, you know, I told you earlier, I'm looking at the bull snakes. Um, you know, those are on my list. Um, something I, you know, other stuff I'd like to add. Um, scrub pythons, obviously. I'd like a pair of maclots one of these days. Um, I want to get back into water pythons, actually. That's a species that I, I used to have one and um, I regret getting rid of her. You know, when I went on my craze of only wanting to focus on carpets, um, I got rid of literally everything. I had a Chinese king rat snake that I you know sold, which I, I also regret getting rid of him. Um, but the water pythons are pretty high on the list. Um, and I'm sure other stuff will come up. And Justin and I have actually been talking about trying to do um, just a little side project for fun with uh, yellow rat snakes because we both grew up, you know, catching those. That's what They're we have everywhere here. here. I They're literally caught here. one. Really? I yeah. caught one two days ago, I think, at my uh, girlfriend's got, house. Yeah, Sunday. Yeah, Sunday when we came back. Came back from Carpet Fest, went to my girlfriend's house and caught a yellow rat snake. <laughs> um, so, but hey, that's something that we want to work on, you know, just kind of like a fun side project, you know, nothing high end, but, you know, it's just something that it's kind of close to both of us. Something that know. gets overlooked. When people yeah. see yellow rat snakes around here, they're like, oh, another one. Yeah. And know. then they. But they're cool. They're, uh, they're amazing in, you know, their own species. And we both love rat snakes. You know, I've always, you know, I've loved rat snakes. So, but that's, you know, I've got, I've got a whole list of stuff I hope to yeah, that list too. is a mile long. List. You talk to anybody, I think their list yeah. is. I mean, I'll I'll never in my lifetime get to keep everything I'd like to keep. Yeah. But what's your short term goals, though? More Bowiga. Um, you know, I I really would like to get pygmy rattlers. We've talked about that. Um, Do you I keep would, any venomous at the moment? Yeah, I have a Western Diamondback and I have a, a small Copperhead. Um. And I would, I really want to get to exotic hots, but it's a, the, it's a slippery. Slope. The thing with that, and I was telling Pia this too, because after seeing their stuff, it only made me want bush vipers and and other small arboreal, you know, vipers more, because that's always been arboreal's always been kind of my thing. And we've even thrown around, you know, talk talk about you know getting into squams together, yeah. but again, that's it's just the the thing is is, and I told Pia this, like I said. You know, I don't know how people sell venomous and not be super paranoid that they're selling to some complete moron. Yes. Uh, yeah. I don't know who I would like, ever I don't trust. Know how, yeah. And that's the thing. And so if I, I'm, I, I tell people I'm kind of a prude when it comes to venomous stuff, because I feel like if you're, if you're going to do it, you need to do it a hundred percent. Right. Um, you know, stock your own anti-venom if you can. Uh, it's not nearly like you, you know, you had, you had Jim and, and, uh Kristen. Yeah, and them on to talk about that. And it's not some of it isn't nearly as expensive as you would think. Um, but you know, after all that, after caging, after the animal, you know, is it really worth it just to like just to have it? You know, if I'm gonna go through all that 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 work to get 
uh, you know, an eyelash viper or something that's really in the grand scheme of things, really not that toxic. Uh, it, like I said, is it worth it to pay all that just to say you have it? Cause if I had that stuff, I wouldn't really want to breed it because like I said, I don't know who I'm selling to. I mean, obviously you, you talk to people, but you don't really know people. Uh, a phone conversation only goes so far. <clears throat> I'm not against people keeping venomous. I think it gets taken kind of lightly. Like everyone yeah. kind of just waves it off as if it's no big deal. But then, you know, that one day where you get nailed, all of a sudden it is a big deal. And I, I speak from experience when I say your life changes when you get bit by a venomous snake, you know, it's the... So you got bit. Yes, I've been bit. bit. Yeah. And I know you did a podcast about it, but can you give a little background? Uh, basically... Long story short, I was in Texas uh, for spring break. I lived in South Georgetown, South Carolina. Um, and over the summer, I had been doing a lot of hands-on work with uh, canebrake rattlesnakes. And um, my confidence was up here. You know, I was like, I'm the man. too big for his I was like, I'm the man. I can handle anything. You know, I worked with several canebrakes, uh, cottonmouths, uh, copperheads over the previous summer. And that's the attitude a lot of people have. Yeah, like, I'm and, not going to get I, it. And I'm not afraid to admit that I was cocky. I was cocky as all get out. And I shouldn't have been, you know, because I did not. In, in all actuality, I didn't have much experience at all. But, you know, I thought I was Captain Badass and thought I could handle anything. And so I went out to Texas for spring break and, uh, I wanted to tango with uh, some western. <laughs> I wanted to tango with some western diamondbacks, and um, you know, I found a couple. I found a big one that I didn't. I didn't bother with. I was like, nope, I'm not prepared for that. He's big. He's pissed, and I'm. I'm not even gonna try. And then um, I found a couple babies, which I played with a little bit. That went. Yeah, you know, that went well. And then, um, and I found. I was like, you know, I had it in my head. I was like, all right, I want to find a sub adult now. I was like somewhere in between. I don't want this monster, but I want—I don't want a baby. Like I want something in between. <laughs> and uh, I found one, and yeah. Long story short, I made a wrong move, and it nailed me right on the thumb. And um, uh, the person I was with at the time called nine one one. Ambulance came and went to the hospital. Oh, good. Oh man. The, then twelve vials of Crofab later. And, several several hours in the icu and so and, you were actually envenomated oh yeah oh yeah no it was no joke man i was my entire i got bit on my left thumb and the swelling stopped about here on my shoulder which is yeah like his shoulder blade for people who can't see yeah i don't know if anybody yeah i guess yeah <laughs> it stopped you know right at my shoulder and uh you know that that whole my whole left side was basically swollen for you know a month and a half two months and then it was bruised it was bruised for even longer than that um and today you know my thumb my left thumb bends about half the way that my right thumb can he can always tell when it's gonna rain and, and, and they, you, <laughs> you laugh but like stuff like that happens like and my thumb gets sore like in cold weather the other day i was mapping out a bunch of uh drainage systems in our county and um yeah, it was really cold out at the time and my thumb got, got really sore and I could hardly bend it, you know, and doing stuff like uh, video games. You know, I don't play video games at all. Oh, I no. don't. But when <laughs> when somebody does, when somebody's like, here, tr play this game. I'm like, OK, I'll play for like 10 minutes. I'm like, my thumb hurts. I, I don't I, I can't, can't play. Halo I don't want to do this. I don't even like I don't even like Halo's Steam video games. Just for example. 
And then, like, uh, I've played guitar for the last, like, 13 years or something like that. And, uh, you know, playing guitar, you know, because, you know, on my left hand, I use that to, to you know, change chords and whatnot. I can only play for a certain amount of time because my thumb really starts to hurt. You know, I still have a lot of scar tissue build up. And this March, it'll be three years since, you know, I got bit. Um, but I count myself lucky um, because I still have my thumb um you're still alive yeah i'm still alive native species where they had crow fab on hand when you went to the hospital or yeah yeah they definitely did and they the hospital did me really well um i it definitely could have been a lot worse it was by far the most painful experience of my entire life um i'm not exaggerating that at all it was you don't understand you don't know pain until you've been bit by you know a, a hemotoxic uh viper it's uh it's it'll it'll take it take, makes you take a step back and kind of look at you know what you're doing and you know where you're going with all this you know it gives you a whole new respect for for you know venomous snakes you know, it definitely gave me a a whole new respect ever since my bite i have not you know put my hands he on hears mine and he's he I, I, I don't <laughs> I don't run away, but every, every time, PTSD is coming back. My thumb hurts. <laughs> my thumb. Yeah. It's it, the claw. And it, he walks out the room. He's like, I can't move. My strong hand. My strong hand. I can't move it. But no, like you, you, you make jokes and laugh, but it's actually true. Anytime I hear a rattlesnake go off, it's the first thing I think about, you know. And it's, Mine goes off a lot. And it, it does. Every time I walk into Justin's room, I hear that, and I get like a little shiver down my spine. I'm like, oh, you know. Flashbacks. Yeah, and you know, it's it's fun. It's funny to joke about now, but like at the time, you know, I thought I was going to die. You know, like my body... And yeah, how much did, did you know about like snake bites and stuff at the time? Uh, I knew it was going to hurt a lot and I knew it was going to be really expensive. So, <laughs> <laughs> Were both of those true? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yes. Uh, the pain was, you know, about, the best way I describe it is it felt like by the time it got up to my shoulder, it felt like my entire arm had been set on fire and then someone just took a hammer and started smashing my thumb. Just they were trying to put the fire out with the hammer. Over and over and over. Yeah, that's no. <laughs> but uh the, the throbbing was insane. The 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 burning sensation was you know, it, it hurt so bad, you know. It you never I've never been in so much pain to where I couldn't cry. Like, you know, the people I was with at the time, they were like, Jacob, it's okay to cry. You don't have to try and be a man. I ain't no bitch. I was like, <laughs> I was like, trust me, like if I could cry right now, like I would, but like all I want to do is die. Like this is not this, this sucks. Yeah, like, they gave you like working and stuff. You said it didn't do shit. No, absolutely not. This was <laughs> they they gave me um I don't an ungodly amount of morphine. I was wait, so, was it morphine or did you say they gave you something that was like similar? Like, well let me let me tell you, okay. let me tell you the story. You know, I got bit, and when I got there, they immediately started pumping fluids and the main morphine and all that garbage. And the, mor- the morphine, I don't even know how much they gave me. They gave me a lot. And the nurse comes up and she's like, okay, what's your pain level at? And, you know, by this time, the swelling is, you know, well past my forearm heading up toward my shoulder. And I'm like, you know, I, no, at this point, I think it, I was hitting around the two hour mark. My crow fab was almost ready because they had to make it on the spot. And it takes about two and a half hours to make. And so this was about two after two hours after my bite. And, you know, the swelling, is, you know, I'm hitting my peak at that point. And um, 
lady's like, you know, where are you at as far as pain goes? You know, how, how bad are you hurting? I'm like, you know, I never say 10, but yeah, I, 10, you know, like I, I can't, you know, I'm in so much pain. She was like, all right, I'm going to give you this, 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 and that. And I looked at her, I was like, the hell does that mean? Yeah, I don't know what that is, you know. And she, Speak English, she, I'm not a scientist. Yeah. She looks at me, she's like, basically it's Morphine's older brother. And I was like, all right, sounds fun, let's do it. And she was like, all right, now this might make you feel kind of weird. I'm like, all right, you know, whatever. Like, I already feel pretty bad. So. better than what I'm feeling. Yeah, and <sighs> I don't know if my body rejected what it whatever she put in me i don't know you know but my body tried to like kind of shut down and i went into almost a shock state and um i was sweating profusely and but i was freezing cold and i was literally shaking my entire hospital bed i was shaking so bad and um i started puking my guts out i mean i probably threw up 12 times until i was dry even i couldn't throw up anymore um but and then I stayed like that for a solid 45 minutes to an hour. And eventually the crofab, they got crofab in me and it started to kick in and the, the swelling had stopped, but I was still in an insane amount of pain, but it wasn't getting worse at that point. So and then I stayed in ICU overnight so they can monitor monitor me because it can flare up again. You know, they can get their crofab in you, get it running, but you can have another flare up and, you know, it'll start going again. So they told me that, you know, I had to stay in ICU overnight. Um, so I passed out there and they gave me a room for the next three days. Um, so, Holy shit, man. Yeah. So people are wondering, uh, the obvious question is, how much did the medical bill cost? Do you know? About 200000 Fuck. Roughly, roughly two hundred thousand. Um, luckily, insurance is very good, so I I didn't have to pay every cent of that. But it was a. Uh... I would I would have a GoFundMe out right now. Please <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. pay for my stupidity. Yeah, Please. No. <laughs> no, insurance is very very good. We had to pay. I mean, not even a fraction of that. Um, so it. it but out. still, it shows you the, the at the expense of you know your stupidity or oh. you know someone who's just keeping a reckless snake, you know. Yeah, and, and you know the way I I put it is like that was this that's the most common venomous snake in the area. That is basically if people get bit by a venomous snake in the part of Texas that I was, it was going to be a western. They're, yeah, they're because, actually responsible for the most part, and they're yeah. equipped for yeah. taking yeah. care of that as well. Exactly. So I'm like, okay, this was a snake they were, you know, in theory, uh, ready for. Um, I don't think they knew if they were going to be ready because it actually doesn't happen that often. And when we were, when I was in the, the ambulance heading to the hospital, the lady was like, all right, I've got to call, um, I've got to call the hospital and make sure they have the antivenom. And I paused for a second. I looked up at her. I was like, what do you mean if they have the antivenom? Like, what, do, what does that mean? She's like, well, they don't always have it. I'm like, what do you mean they don't always have it? <laughs> you know, she's like, you know, it's not something that is, you know, that they keep on hand, which I thought was a little crazy. I'm like, okay, so what happens if uh, if they don't have it? 
And she's like, well, then we have to helicopter you out to somewhere that does. And when she said that, the whole time, just seeing dollar signs in my head, I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> just kill like, me. This is <laughs> just a cheap helicopter ride yeah. to Miami or yeah. something. Yeah, like, this is going to be so expensive. Just dump me off in the field. On yeah, the it's like, I'll suffer, you know. But no. luckily, the hospital had it. And, um, you know, and it, Profab costs. 10 to anywhere between 10 and $15,000 a vial. And you're going to be needing more on a bite. It's pretty much guaranteed you're going to be going through more than one vial. Oh, I had, I think they told me tw- it was either 12 <laughs> or 15 that I got. So alone, I, in, in, in Crofab alone, there, that bill was over $100,000. And so that's my thing with keeping exotic venomous. Exactly. Like people don't realize, like people keep venomous and they're like, okay, if I get bit, then I'll just go to the hospital. Yeah, well, it's not that simple. Like, if you obviously talking to Jim and Kristen, like, I'm sure they explained it. I watched that episode. Uh, but it's not nearly that easy. Like, especially with all the people that are keeping bush vipers, which I love bush vipers. I would keep them in a heartbeat if I, you know, felt I could do it, you know, the way it needs to be done. That species doesn't have any venom. Like, at all. The only thing that works for those bites that they found is Echis, so like the saw scale viper antivenom. Uh, that's not going to be something that you're going to find just anywhere. There's not that many zoos that even keep Echis in the first place. And so, like, people think they're going to, you know, they get bit, they're just going to go to the hospital, and magically the doctor will know exactly what to do and magically get you better and get you out of the door. And so when you do that, like, you get bit by any exotic hot that you're keeping, you know, you're then now putting pressure on the doctor that has to treat you, all the nurses and people that have to keep an eye on you, uh, your family. Um, and then you have to hope that there's a zoo somewhere that's even willing to fork over the antivenom they have on hand for their staff, which then puts their staff at risk and they can't work with that species because they don't have the antivenom on hand in case something goes south. Right. And so people think it just affects them and like, that's it. There's a whole chain of people that are now affected because you felt the need to keep something that you probably shouldn't have in the first place. And I'm kind of, like I said, I'm kind of a prude when it comes to venomous stuff. And I'm, you know, I do agree with Cody that it's not. Cody Bartolini, that it's not, it's not hard to do. Like, you know, it's not rocket science. It's pretty easy to keep your, you know, your digits and stuff out of their mouth. Um, but when things go south, they go south pretty quick. Like they go south pretty hardcore. And when things go south, south, the, uh, the consequences are, you know, could potentially be your life, you know, depending on what you're working with. Um, and that's, that's a pretty heavy consequence, especially, you know, when, if you have like a, some, a family, you know, it's, you know, I see people, you know, every day who have a wife and kids and they keep some of the hottest snakes in the world. And that's, you know, you're putting a lot on the line if you do get hit by that black mama or that inland taipan, because, you know, if you get hit by that in the U.S., good luck. You know? and, 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 yeah. And people that, think people have this, have this idea that doctors know everything there is to know about no. anything medically related. And that's like, yeah. you have to understand if you get bit by a gaboon viper, the doctor, unless they're into snakes, doesn't even know that that exists. Like they don't even know that that's a thing. And so if you go to the hospital, hopefully you're conscious enough to tell them, this is what bit me. I know this is what bit me. I know what I'm doing. Then you might be lucky. But if you're not conscious, they have no way of getting any information out of you as far as what bit you. So they're going to start firing up some crow fab because they're like, this will fix it. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's not, 
nearly as it's just people are very nearsighted about the whole thing it's, and it's not it's nearly not as, as simple as oh it's just me i'm gonna get bit i'll go to the hospital i'll be fine it's definitely not as black and white <laughs> as certain people seem to think you know i've had you know people who own one or two snakes think yeah i want to i want to have a baboon viper you know? i'm like you have a ball python and a king snake like not that there's anything wrong with that but baby steps man like you know nothing wrong with wanting to have a good viper one day you know if that's a goal you want to strive for but you know you work your way up you know don't shoot for the stars right away because it, it's a recipe for disaster you know like protocols are cheap. and you know the the whole other side to this whole thing is when you have more of the irresponsible people, 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 people keeping uh, these venomous snakes, you know, it's just, it's just science that, you know, facts that more people are going to get bit. And the more people that get bit and get hurt by these is going to make it harder for us to fight, to continue to keep these, you know, like, they, you know, that's what, you know, everybody that are that is against us keeping is they're gonna, they're gonna be looking for yep. that we're gonna look at this look at this 18 year old kid who lives in south carolina because in south carolina we have it's, virtually no yeah, loss you can be 18 years old and go to a show and buy, buy a black mamba as long as you have an id that proves that you're 18 and i bet you there's plenty of people that won't even ask for an id you know who sell at some of the shows you know and that's just how it is here so they're gonna say look at this kid who's 18 years old went out and bought a cobra got bit by it and he and he's dead you know what i mean they're gonna use that as fuel to to push us not being able to keep anything here you know venomous is, is one thing by itself i definitely think we need more laws on keeping venomous species here but at the same time you know it's not it's not just going to affect the venomous people it's going to affect all of us and you know even the people like justin myself you know myself justin and you who are responsible keepers but because somebody else you know wanted to show everybody how big their dick was they he had to you know go and screw it up for everybody and to me that's just not cool you know that's... and not to get like political or anything like that but the parallels of like gun ownership and venomous snake ownership are eerily similar because I have no issues if they, you know, if South Carolina came in tomorrow and said, hey, we're going to have a permit system for people keeping venomous, I'd be all for it. Because I'd go through it, I'd do it, because I want to do it the right way. Like, I don't keep venomous because I'd try to be cooler to show off or anything like that. I Honestly, if I have people who come to the shop and I get them the topic of snakes and they ask me if I have anything poisonous, I'd say no. Because people it's don't not need to know. It. It's, yeah, yeah, it's just, I, it's, it, I keep them because I am truly fascinated with venomous snakes. And that is, you know, that's an interest of mine. And so the odds are already kind of stacked against us when it comes to that kind of stuff. Because if you've ever had to just like tell somebody why you keep venomous snakes, there's really no concrete answer of telling them without sounding like a complete wacko. Right. And so it it's tough because it's from the outside looking in for people that aren't in the hobby, it's absolutely in, insane that people would keep stuff, you know, like Cody's collection with, you know, massive mambas, you know, gigantic. He has a handful of species of bothrops, like lance heads and stuff like that. Um, it's hard to explain that to people who don't get it. <clears throat> so the odds are really not in our favor in terms of, of that kind of thing. And, you know, obviously government overreach with the kind of thing, like with New Hampshire that they just tried to pass. I don't know if it passed or not. I don't think it did. But that kind of stuff is, is going to happen more and more when we have more people keeping stuff that they probably shouldn't and I, i'm not against people owning venomous snakes but like i said there is definitely a right and wrong way to do it it's not difficult um i recommend getting the training and stuff to do it uh 
South you know, Carolina is, and South Carolina is backwards. Uh, it's just backwards Florida has now. a good system, but the issue is, is, like I said, just like with guns, you can put permits and laws and stuff in place all day, yeah. but there's always going to be a handful of people that aren't going to do that. And so yeah. even if you do have the permits and you've gone through, you know, in Florida, for instance, the thousand hours with uh, crotalids or elapids or anything like that, there's still going to be that one jackass that yeah. got his hands on a, uh, a gaboon or a bush viper or something and got tagged. And now guess what? You made us all look bad. But yeah. the other side of that coin is with the legislation that Florida has, if that happens, then they know that that person wasn't doing what they were supposed to be doing. And so that doesn't look nearly as bad on the people who do do it right. So. Yeah. If they're, you know, like I said, if South Carolina tomorrow said starting 2020, you have to have a permit to keep this stuff, I'd be all for it. And I'd go, you know, I'd do it because it does protect us in a sense uh, to a degree because um, people are still going to look at you like you're crazy. But if you tell them, well, I have a permit and I went through all the hours to do it, they'd be like, oh, OK, yeah, whatever. But yeah, it would be nice to have at least like a mentorship <laughs> program in place yeah. to yeah. where, you know, you work yeah. with them before you before you get them. It's just something, man. Like I've been to, I went to a show and some kid was there talking to a guy in the venomous section about a cottonmouth, and you know he was talking about how he was going to go grab the cash and fork him over a couple hundred bucks and buy his cottonmouth from him. And the kid was, you know, this was a couple years ago, and he was my age. If anything, I'm like, dude, that's a really bad idea, you know. And I can't for the life of me understand why people want to go from zero to 60 with that. Like my first venomous is going to be a monocle cobra. My first venomous is going to be a gaboon viper or yeah. a variable bush viper. And it's like, if you want, copperheads work, are cool. Yeah. If you want to work with venomous, native like, stuff is cool. If like you really want to start there and then work up. Yeah. And that's why we've been more <clears throat> discussing something like pygmies. If we want to just do like, you know, get a couple of venomous, you know, cause pygmies, we have pygmies here. You know, it's a North American species, you know, profab, you know, as far as anti-venom goes. Now, of course, of course, pygmy rattlesnakes are pretty hot, you know, when it comes in to ratio the of their venom. size. Yeah. yeah, ratio to their size. You, know, you never know how your body's going to react to certain venom. But, you know, it's all it's always a roll of the dice. Uh, but, you know, at least if you're keeping a North American species when you live in North America, you have a fighting chance. Right. It's not like bush vipers where it's like. Yeah. Well, crap! Now we have to find echis antivenom. If the, you know, for whatever reason, somehow someone tells the doctor like this is what it was. This is what you need to get, which is probably not likely. Um, it just you know, there's nothing wrong with native stuff, and I fully recommend if someone's going to start with venomous that they start with native, you know, stuff that's medically easier to treat. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you get bit by a western diamondback, you get bit by a bush viper. Both can kill you just as easily, mm-hmm. but at least by having and even crofab and, and stuff on hand, you at least have a better chance and the odds right. are more in your favor of you walking out of that alive. <clears throat> and so that's why I, I personally stick to native venomous currently. I don't even know how much longer I'll be keeping them because if I get a house with my girlfriend, you know, we have a five-year-old and I'm, I know my limits and I'm not comfortable even with them being in locked cages and stuff, having those in the house because nothing can happen if they're not there in the first place. So, and whenever we get another building or get a building for our stuff, you know, we may branch out into, you know, we talk about eyelash fibers and some other smaller stuff that's not, you know, I don't, I have no desire to keep cobras or mambas or any elapids really. Like my thing is, you know, like the, uh, the trigonocephalus and uh, eyelash fibers, all the etheris stuff, like the smaller boreal stuff that's, that's pretty easy to, to manage and handle uh, without much issue. But 
That's that's far down the road. Yeah, that's not know. anytime soon. That's and my my girlfriend really isn't into the, the venomous stuff and me yeah. having it, so got to keep her happy too. So yeah, that's definitely a hard sell. Yeah. But that's um, that's that's my soapbox. <laughs> well, yeah, I was, I was gonna say like, when are you guys gonna have a venomous show? Because oh, apparently you guys have opinions and you're interested in that. Cody, Cody yeah, very sure. drunk, very drunkenly said he wanted to come on. <laughs> well, yeah. Cody was by far our longest podcast. Yeah, I know. Time. I stayed for the whole thing. I almost left, but I was like, screw that. Like, fuck that. I'm staying. I'm watching it. So it was like midnight and I'm like falling asleep watching my phone. I'm like, I'm not giving up. And so I like that, that Billy podcast that you had when you were drunk. Yeah, this is on par with that. <laughs> I was pretty drunk. And... And have you ever talked to Harlan Wall? No, like no, on the no, phone, sure. Harlan will talk your ear off. And Ian oh, said, man. if you put Cody and Harlan in the same room together oh, and got them talking, God. you would create a ripple, like a rip in the space time continuum. Like, yeah, it'd be a black hole or something. <laughs> oh, we, we would all die. Everybody it would be hilarious. Would but I it would like just rain Cody. fucking chondros. Or... <laughs> yep, yep. Chondro mambas fall from the sky. <laughs> I'd love to get Cody on and, you know, anybody else that works at Venomous on a legitimate level. Nathan uh, Weatherman. Nate been, Weatherman, yeah. Wanting to have Nate Weatherman on. He's up in North Carolina. He yeah. sells a bunch of stuff. Uh, and actually, the last Repticon back in November in Columbia, he had some little baby white lip vipers. That was very tempting. That was he, had like, sweet. he had them for like 100 bucks. So I was like, oh, dude. They're <laughs> like, yeah, they're not even really a threat. They're not Venomous. Yeah. Uh, that's not, you know, that's, that's, that's any venom that has to come from somewhere else. And I don't, it was very tempting because for a hundred bucks, I was like, that's tempting. Yeah. The, the, the scariest know, thing is that like the cheapest animals are also venomous. Yeah. Sometimes. And you can get gaboons for like 150 bucks. Yeah. Sometimes like, cheaper. Sure. Yeah, yeah like that, it's for too easy, man. It is too easy, especially in South Carolina. It is. Oh my gosh, man. I've seen people selling cane breaks on Craigslist here. Yeah, cane breaks, copperheads, man. You, it's ridiculous. You rednecks around here, man. You They'll catch it and then they sell it. Yeah. Well, I'm in PA, so similar. Yeah, similar that's what Eric was saying. As far as laws go. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You guys just can't keep like timbers and stuff, right? No, we can't have copperheads. That's for sure. And it's that's oh, something yeah, that, you're obsessed with copperheads, aren't you? That would that would be the only venomous snake I would eat. <laughs> but it's silly because like I used to find them in Texas all the time, and you can keep them there without a problem, but not here, man. Probably like the most reasonable I could buy a gaboon for 150, like you just said, yeah. but I can't keep a copperhead. So <laughs> that's how it is like in uh, in Georgia, you can't have corn snakes. No corn snakes. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what's the stupidest thing ever? You can go outside and grab one. Like, well, get this. In, in New Jersey, you can't have a corn snake unless it has red eyes. So you what? can have, so the mutation doesn't really matter if it's has red eyes then it's legal and if it has in the wild yeah if it has anything else they're they're illegal and i mean i understand why i mean they're a protected species in new jersey because it's the northern part of the range but that makes more sense but but also like most of your regular pet corn snakes aren't going to survive in new jersey and it's a small portion of the pine barrens that they live in like Mm -hmm. the rest is inhabitable but i don't know it's a funny little curse Georgia doesn't make yeah. any sense to me. I really don't understand the logic behind it, but yeah, I think it, it's just an old and outdated law. It is that they never cared to to update. Yeah. Well, once once I 
bought a pair of snakes from South Carolina, then they came with a Georgia mailing address. So that was something. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've done that before. I actually, uh, this was a long time ago. I was at a Repticon in Savannah and Savannah, Georgia, and this was this was a couple months after I got some corn snakes, and um, I. I got some corn snakes at the Columbia show in South Carolina and um, I went to Savannah and I saw the breeders there and I was like, Oh, Hey, I got my corn snakes from you. And they're like, shh, shh, like, don't say anything about us having corn snakes. And I was like, Oh, like, okay. <laughs> like, it's all shut up. And I was like, what the fuck? If I'm going to like, I want to know beforehand. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't have done it, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, people are uh, interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. that's for sure. I mean, I can't say anything. I lived in Corpus Christi, Texas, and you can't have constrictors there. And I had so many carpet pythons. And, you know, it was criminal. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie. Fugitive from justice. Care. We had between me and my ex, we had. Oh man, we probably had thirty constrictors, and yeah, God knows how many crusty geckos we had. Um, she had, I should say. Um, but we had all kinds. We had rosy boa. We had Brazilian rainbows, carpets, um, all kinds of stuff we weren't supposed to have. But, you know. Just with venomous, people just don't know their limits. Yeah. That's the thing. People need to know their limits. Well, just like anything else, like the uh, the most reckless people are like the attention-seeking people and yeah, yeah. Uh, are usually the least the least involved with our community or the least informed in many ways, then they tend to get all the attention though. <laughs> sure. Naturally. But ending that on a depressing note, <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much for coming. Everyone needs to check out your podcast. Of course. Could you give us a little um, overview on where we can reach you and where we can listen to the podcast, everything like that? Well, you can find me as far as social media goes. You can find me. He said the podcast. Uh, do you want podcast specific? I thought no, you I want both of you. Everything, <laughs> yeah. everything. Just tell us. You can find Jacob at ChristianMingle.com. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, you can find me. You can find my personal stuff at JLB Morelia on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and then the podcast, you can, you know, we are, we are the Herpeticulture podcast. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And we normally, we try to put out an episode every week. Um, we don't record live like most other podcasts seem to do. Um, you know, what go wrong? Nothing ever goes wrong when you, you don't, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can, exactly. Any, and that's yeah. the great thing is like any long <laughs> pauses, especially on the Conjure cast. I'm like, I told Mark, cause me and Mark had a few spots where we were like, what should we talk about now? And there's just go through and whoop, wipe that out like it never happened. There's been a few things during uh, episodes where either one of us has drank a little too much and said something that was a little over the line. And like what? we're like, I say it. <laughs> he made me edit two, out. There's two main ones. He don't made me. Do I'm gonna. Dude, don't, he oh made me edit out at the end of the episode. Who was that? It was the one with Billy where you drank. The one with Billy? <laughs> Yeah. At the end of the episode, me and Bill, I was telling <laughs> Billy a joke. So bad. And I said, you know who can handle a flashbang better than anybody else in the history of human beings? And he said, who? And I said, Helen Keller. <laughs> That's factual. Yeah, I kind of fell a little flat. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Billy got a pretty good laugh out of it. He didn't think it was funny at all. He's like, no, dude, dude, don't put that in I, there. No, dude, I thought it was funny, but I was like, dude, that's going to like seriously offend somebody. 
And then I and then I said something early. Then I said something early on in one of the episodes. I don't know about that Go one. for it. Well, uh, I feel, he he, I feel he kind of weird. He he talked about a <laughs> a specific YouTuber that we all have come to know and love doing a white powdery drug. <laughs> Or acting like they might have been on the yeah. substance, but not actually saying they were, just saying they acted like it. Not to name names. Not to name Because I'm pretty sure. No one's coming to my mind at all. That's weird. <laughs> oh, really? No, that's weird. Hmm. Well, we'll leave it at that then. Yeah, I, bas- I basically said a very well-known public figure did cocaine and uh, acted like it. I think it, uh, it's probably more of like a different upper maybe like an adderall i think that would be reasonable. yeah maybe maybe but uh <laughs> you're pretty sold on the other we'll see. i don't know i mean but no so stuff like that we've had to edit out but anyways how can we find you you could we're not gonna edit it out now so yeah no you can too find me <laughs> palmetto coast exotics on facebook and instagram uh and i do have a youtube channel aside from the herpeticulture Podcast yeah, we TV do have one, a YouTube channel for um, THP that well. I post on every now and then. And then you can find the Chondrocast <laughs> on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify. It's and it's also on Instagram and Facebook. It's a knockoff of THP. Nobody likes you it. You don't want to talk Chondros with it me all the time, so I have to find burn. people who do. It's fine. Oh. I'm sure everyone's glad that there is a Chondro podcast out there. Yeah, and I felt kind of guilty. Like, I actually went to Bill Stiegel, and I was like, hey, man, is it okay if I do this? Because I wasn't trying to, like, step on any toes. I didn't want people to be like, this dude's trying to take over GTP Keeper Radio and this stuff. I was just like, we need more content. They're super busy. They don't do a ton of episodes. Yeah, they'll do, like, like three uh, every year. Yeah, a year. Maybe I can help fill in that gap, because I have the time, and I have the gear, and I have the Mm know-how of making it happen. So I was like, I might as well put that to good use. And Bill was like, Go for it. So, yeah. I'm sure people are probably like, "This guy sucks." Because I'm, like I said, I'm not the most experienced person in the world with Condors by any means. I don't claim to be. I just, it's an opportunity to talk to to people better than myself at keeping them. So, can you get a, a Trooper Walsh episode? Can you be the Ooh, first person yeah. to pull that off? Asked, someone was asking me to do that. I think it was Luke Myers. Um, apparently, he's not in the best of health currently so i doubt that's going to happen it sounds like he's having kind of a rough time from what i've heard around the around the streets but i don't think anyone's been able to capture him on a podcast yet out of all the people you know he was on gtp keeper radio when they first started yeah he he doesn't strike me as the type that's into that kind of stuff and i tell people too when i ask them i'm like you know if it's not your thing like i'm not going to be offended you can tell me to fuck off at any point you know um so I, I keep it pretty no pressure. Same with THP. If, if someone's like, nah, it's not really my thing, I'm not going to be like, well, screw you, you know, whatever. It's something you learn it. that people, yeah, yeah, if you force people to come on, it's usually not a good sign that you have to force them. You know, most people, like the people who are willing to talk, are going to be the, the right guests, too, for <laughs> you. Definitely. And, and by, the way, by the way, I'm just reading through this group chat now. I honestly didn't even realize it was going on. Yeah, I'm bummed I didn't get to hang out with my peeps tonight. But uh, somebody, Super Snake Man 101, said I should start a YouTube channel, and I'm actually working on that right now. Brag about your light. I have, I'm not bragging about it. Brag about your little light that you were so proud of. I'm not bragging about it. He got a little light. He got a light? 
I got a little light. I got a little light. And yeah. he's like super stoked about yeah. it. Yeah, lights everything up. It's actually all. pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It, it makes it makes taking pictures a lot nicer. He got him a shiny um, new iPhone, and so yeah. he's constantly taking pictures now. He's like, yeah. Dude, look at it. It's so, so clear. But yes, YouTube channel is coming. I am starting my own little segment um, for specifically uh, West Poplin carpets. Um, so that's going to be coming. I thought you were just going to be like a pet tuber. No. <laughs> no. How many uh, snoots can we hoop? You have a boyish charm to you. I think it would work out. To me, a boyish charm. It's because I'm pretty. Thank you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You, gotta, <laughs> you know, the straight up pet tube it. But anyway, we're no, getting way no, off fucking topic. I'm, I'm not about that. So. But we do have a YouTube channel we do together for the yeah. podcast. That's pretty cool. We're, that's another thing we wanted to be a resource. You know, I think we did an episode on treating respiratory infections. Uh, a couple weeks ago and then we i just released the southeast carpet fest video like four hours ago that was just some footage i got while there it's pretty horrible um i'm sure ian's gonna be like dude what the hell um yeah so and carly also uh i'm not naming it the dark side you doing your job what is that supposed to be mean whatever what is it real quick explain the dark side thing I'm actually the the name of my YouTube channel is going to be the Darksiders, um, because back in the forum days, uh, Morelia Python, Morelia stuff. Python stuff, yeah, that was that was back when um, they said that, well, the guys that were into the IJs or West Popcorn Carpets, they were the dark side. Guys who were into jungles were the light side, and so I I kind of it hasn't been a thing for a long time. So I'm trying to kind of bring it back as kind of more of a more of a joke. But I'm actually going to try and get serious about it. So the YouTube page is going to be the Darksiders. Um, so yeah, spoiler alert yeah. for anybody. The videos we released recently are actually kind of long. Like that Nido Virus Roundtable is like an hour long. The video we did with Billy Hunt's collection of Uwabami Reptiles is like an hour long. The Crumpetus video is only like 25 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of realized that like halfway through like editing. I was like, dude, no one's going to sit through this whole thing. But whatever, it's there. If people want to watch it, they can watch it. Yeah, yeah. There's gonna be there's gonna be people who watch it all the way through. You'll be surprised. Oh yeah, for sure. He just Billy has so much cool stuff. It was I was like, oh man, I'm not gonna delete any of these. I was geeking out at Billy's man. It's all so cool. You know, Billy's such a nice guy. I I just hope you hope you picked the music right this time around. Oh no, it was queer music. (laughs) It was total queer music. Uh, It actually was though. I hope he says something this time. I'm, I'm I, gonna ignore I'll, just I'll like be I honest and say I wasn't a big fan of the music chat. For which one? Then you can start editing the videos and making this happen. I'm not saying I want to edit it. I'm just saying I wish you would. He can't uh, edit it, but he can complain about I it. Wish tell me how would, it's I wish you would be like, hey, do you like this song for this video that you're in? And I told you, <laughs> use anything. Well, whatever. I don't get a say in a lot of the stuff that happens. So. At least me and Melissa aren't the only two people who argue with he each other. He called me a diva at the beginning of the episode, but he's the diva. Like, I set up all the gear. <clears throat> he sits there on his phone and tell him, like, hey, we're ready. And then he's like, okay. Are we going? <laughs> what are you talking about? And he just, what? <laughs> I'm sorry, I was I was looking at Who does the, social media? He's not even. I, who edits the videos? Me. Who edits the podcast and adds the intros and stuff? Me. Hey, don't break. Who makes the hey, graphics? Hey, me. Don't break your arm. Pat yourself on the back. Right? <laughs> Be careful. 
So people, legitimately, I couldn't do any of this without him. So. <laughs> I mean, I'm super awkward by you, myself. You actually kind of do do it. By yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, you you kind of started doing it. <laughs> the Darksiders podcast coming soon. No, it's going to be YouTube only because honestly, I couldn't do a podcast by myself because I, even though I could if I knew how to, but I don't. So he's the yin to my yang. Sure. Well, you guys are adorable. This is a 20 minute outro. <laughs> Um, sorry, sorry, sorry. We get, uh, it, no, no, no. I'm <laughs> doing the same. PoorCityPython.com, uh, PoorCityPython on Instagram, From the Ground Up podcast. Go check out Jacob and Justin. Thanks. Thank you That's to it. the Beaver Tobacco for letting us do this live. My boss texted me and was like, you better, you better shout out the shop. Shout out to cigars all around. Beaver Tobacco. Yeah. If you're ever in Beaufort, South Carolina, of course. Come, come yeah. light one up with me. You'll find a huge Sasquatch sitting in a cigar shop. In a smoky room. A large man in a smoky room. <laughs> he fade, Every time somebody comes in, he fades in for, he comes in from the dark. He's like, what can I get for you? <laughs> you know, Ooh. it's creepy. Ew, it's so spooky. Right? No, I'm good at my job. <laughs> I never said you were bad at it. You're just a smoky wizard. Uh, what the fuck? I tried to end it. I don't know where I was. Jake ate some sorry. leaves from a wizard at Southeast Carpet Fest. Dude, Dude. <laughs> weird leaves shut or something. Up, dude. dude, shut up. We're not talking. About not like, not like illegal leaves. Like herbal essence. Yeah, he didn't I even know what they were. Yeah. Uh, it's... Stop talking. About okay. He's just a young boy. Stop he doesn't know what he does. We're going to stop talking about that now. Not the big <laughs> All right, good night. Yeah. I'm trying to make it like I'm not, it wasn't hot or anything like that. I don't know what it was, but it was like some sort of tobacco or something. Well, that sounds more <laughs> dangerous. Cody on the horn. Nobody's calling Cody. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. Good night. Good night, everyone. Good night. Thank good you guys night. for hanging out. Right, thanks, thanks, buddy. Thanks for having us, man. Later. <laughs>